I believe Governor Brown has a heart, even though he believes I do not. I believe he's a good American, even though he feels I am not. I'm proud of the fact that I defended my opponent's patriotism. Uh, you gentlemen didn't report it, but I'm proud that I did that. And I would appreciate it for once, gentlemen, if you would just print what I say. And for 16 years, uh, ever since the his case, you've had a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. But recognize you have a responsibility, if you're against the candidate, to give him the shaft. But if you do that, at least put one lonely reporter on the campaign and we'll report what the candidate says now and then. Uh, I think, all in all, I've given as good as I've taken. But as I leave you, I, I want you to know, just think what you're going to be missing. Uh, you won't have Nixon to kick around anymore. Because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. Thank you. And good day. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps despite today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. Fifteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this, the month of November, in the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy, the Talker, here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy and information. All right, it is Tuesday, Election Day, ought eight. Thank you for coming by. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 
Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, the partisan, uh, the woefully ignorant, whatever it is you got today. Doesn't matter. Uh, really, we only sort of kind of screen the calls on the best of days today. Probably not even going to screen at all. Doesn't matter. Call up. You just call up and yodel. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It's 503. It's just going to be one of those days. Anyways, you know what we're going to do with that thing called turning into the skin. We're just going to embrace it. We're going to roll on with it because it's what we do here as broadcast professionals. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, by the way, you are not imagining that. Yes, my. it's the best day possible. My voice is, in fact, starting to fray at the edges. You know what? I'm going to make a quick trip home, and I have in my refrigerator something that'll be useful. Is it ginger root, Tim? It certainly is. You know, I went to the store last night, bought me a big mess of that as well, so we're going to be covered on the ginger front. All right. All right. That's good. I went out last night. Bought the huge thing of ginger root, and I was just home chopping it up this morning. Excellent. All right, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be gingerfied as we need to be. All right, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, predictions, fears, whatever it is you have, that a cautious optimism, dire predictions of woe. I don't care. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. It's a good thing we're not going to be talking all day. Uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. <laughs> Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right. Um, so it is now 11 o'clock in the morning here, Pacific time. Don't forget the Rick Emerson Show political party happens tonight, 7 p.m., Grand Central Bowl, 8th and Morrison, beautiful southeast uh, Portland, Oregon, along with our uh, friends at the Willamette Week, the Oregon Bus Project, and brought to you by our fine sponsors, Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, Taboo Adult Video. Uh, we're going to be there tonight. Uh, everything gets underway, and I think the doors are—I mean, the doors are going to be open. But I think if people start showing up around six, our deal begins at seven. Tim Riley going to be broadcasting live news, updates, uh, breaking developments, all of that. We don't know what's going to happen. It's so exciting. See to your pants, radio, Tim. It's As the kind it of be. live magic that no other medium can really convey. Well, ever since corporate America ruined things, there's very little of it left. Thank goodness. <laughs> That CBS lets us do as we please. That's right, Tim. This is one fiefdom that the man has not yet encroached upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, people have been asking what's going to be going on tonight, and so it's it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash, a hodgepodge, a higgledy piggledy helter skelter of events. Is there going to be Tim Riley listening and beer drinking and you know mm. election watching? Yeah, I mean it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. People have asked us if it's going to be like a listener party, and I mean I guess in the sense that we're going to be there, listeners are going to be there. I mean, we're going to be doing uh, you know some broadcasting, which we don't typically do. I think we've only ever done that once at a listener party. But there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff. Other people, Storm's going to be there. Again, the Willamette folks are going to be there. Some candidates, I think, are going to be there. And I just saw the itinerary. I'm not making this up. There will, in fact, tonight be juggling. So there you go. Actual jugglers. No mimes, though, Tim. So uh, blah, blah, blah. No time for mime. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so Never that- mind. So that is all happening tonight. Um, it, it is going to be a little bit different from a listener party. We're going to be there, uh, circling around, kind of working the room, uh, you know, the, the kissing hands and shaking babies and whatever, and watching uh, the results as they come in. We're going to have CNN on the big screen uh, for national results, for local results, 
because Carl Click basically all got, all got down on his knees and begged us like a child. We're going to have K2 up on the screen for local results. And again, Tim Riley broadcasting live. And in fact, Tim, several times throughout the night, you will be broadcasting across America on the CNN Radio Network. Isn't that true? That is true. Very exciting. Wow, yes, that's exciting. That's very exciting. I will be speaking over the same speakers as Kira Phillips and yeah. Lisa Desjardins together. Yeah. Wow. Two hot news babes. Try not to use the C word or call your brother-in-law crazy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, we're doing, uh, I believe, live video streaming at some point. That is, oh, that's, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Didn't there, just... there are just too many things to try to remember. So little to do and so much time. Uh, tonight at 9.70 a.m., if you're not able to be here, uh, I'm looking at you folks who listen to us in Florida, Texas, Ohio, California, New Zealand, uh, both Korea, China. I don't even know if you're, I mean, I don't know. We have listeners in China because I've seen the web stats about it. So I don't know if they're having to get through some proxy or some anonymizer or whatever. But if you are not able to be here, I'm glad you mentioned that. We haven't really had it. We just got it up and running yesterday. We got it confirmed and tested. Tim Riley's updates and news uh, flashes tonight will be broadcast live, video and audio. It's the first time we've ever done that. That is right, Tim. It is the first time that this station has done live video streaming. That is tonight at 970.am. 970.am tonight, Tim Riley broadcasting live via web stream. Or whatever it is we're supposed to call it now in 2008. More than just a box full of wires. Exactly. Ah, oh, Jesus. All right, what else is coming up today? Seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins will join us <clears throat> from um, wherever the hell she is. She's in Atlanta. <clears throat> She's at the Santa Radio Center in Atlanta. Uh, we'll talk to uh, uh, Jim Roop, who's in Arizona. We'll talk to Dick Juliana, who's also in Atlanta. Uh, we'll do the exit poll. Sarah and I still have to vote. Um, but we do have our ballots with us right here. I got my ballot right here. And there's no porn measure on it, so quit calling about that. There's nothing on here about pornography, or I would have found it, you bastards. So we're going to vote uh, today and all of that. Hey, all except for Sheriff, because I've already voted for Muhammad for Sheriff. Uh, let's see, what else? We'll be doing a top five. We haven't done a top five for a few days. Uh, today's top five is really... I put this together this morning, and it's fantastic. Uh, because of tonight's election, uh, to the ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to have the top five songs about naked ambition. Top five songs about the unbridled and unholy lust for power. That's uh, right here in my hand. Top five today. What else? Uh, I think we're supposed to be talking to TMZ today, which is fine. I mean, because gossip never stops. Gossip never sleeps. Not even in the midst of this, uh, the hustle and bustle, the hurly-burly of this election. All right. Good God Almighty. Tim Riley working on the following story for your edification today. Now, keep in mind, these stories are changing by the moment. So at this moment, long lives greet visitors nationwide as polling places are overwhelmed. 63% of Oregonians have returned ballots as of this morning. 60% of Multnomah County. We could end up with two Democratic senators in Oregon for the first time in 10 years. Well, that's communism. No, I'm sorry. Socialism. No, that's right. Secretary of State Bill Bradbury says we'll break the previous record, which was 86% turnout in the last election, 2004. Washington State expecting 83%. Dixville Notch chooses a Democrat for president for the first time in 40 years. They only had like... 17 or 18 voters here. Black Panthers allegedly intimidate whites from voting in Philadelphia. Japanese scientists are close to cloning mammoths. Starbucks offering free coffee today. A Florida woman stabs her boyfriend to death over a frozen pizza. All right. Black Panthers? Yes. What year is this? All right. They found some somewhere. Maybe it's Halloween. <laughs> I'm going as Huey Newton. Uh, I'm not going as Huey Newton. Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> I will not be dressing up as Bobby Seal for Halloween. 
Jesus God Almighty. Hello, Sarah Dillon. Hi. How are you doing today? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm doing. Man, I got to tell I'm you. Doing well. What'd you do last night? Um, what did I do last night? What's oh, up with your hand? What's on your wrist over there? Is that like a oh, stamp from a... a club or something? No, no. I went to um, uh, St. John's this weekend, and um, you have a went... stamp to get into St. John's yeah, now. Yeah, you have to get a stamp to get into St. John's. No, but I went to this like little like divey Mexican restaurant, and they had all these. It's so know, hard to find there. Yeah, all the little like fifty cent machines, and one of them had My Little Pony press on uh, tattoos. Wonderful. So yes, yeah, so I have this, and now it's not quite coming off. So it looks like I have some weird like skin thing going. All on. the more reason to go back to St. John. Yes, yeah. indeed. I need more My Little Pony press on tattoos. Uh, all right then. Um, yeah, no, last night it was just mellow. I watched movies with some friends. Oh, and then I went down and saw this um, this comedy movie thing down at Kelly's Olympian called Cars 3, which was pretty hilarious. And I don't know. And then I kept trying to sleep, and I kept waking up in the middle of the night with anticipation for today. Waking up. Electoral deadlock. I know. So oh. I'd sleep for two hours, and I'd wake up and be like, oh, my God, today's election day, too. And so like, I'd sit there and like, you know, watch TV for a few minutes, and then fall oh. back asleep. So... Uh, but today is the day. It really is. It doesn't seem like we. Last. It didn't seem like we'd ever get here. No. Nope. I mean, no. it seemed. Doesn't it seem? I don't remember a time when this election cycle wasn't happening. I don't remember a time when there wasn't a campaign. I cannot remember. When did this all start? And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean literally. When did this start? Oh, I don't remember. What was the first? Well, here's a dumb question. Maybe if I knew more about politics, what was the first thing that started this? In other words. Okay, so this is Z. This is today, right? This is Z, which is the election. What was A? Is it when someone first announced candidacy? Is that the first thing? What What was the kickoff event of this whole election cycle? I believe it would have been something in New Hampshire. Would that have been? Was it, or was it when someone said, look, I'm running? Is that when this starts? I mean, what was the actual... We should have police of that. I don't know when you say that the campaign actually began. I think it must have been as soon as somebody officially filed or announced. That must have been it. So that must have been just been forever ago. And God Almighty. You know, it's some. I don't know if we'll have time to do it today. We're probably not going to have time to do a lot of things that I want to do today. But uh, I almost want to create a master list. We do this at the end of the year. You know, when you get to December, you do a, uh, a list of memorable stories from 2008. I almost want to just create a list of memorable things that happened during this election. Things that we've already forgotten. Remember that time we tried to list all the crazy things Britney Spears had done? And, and people kept calling up to remind us because we kept forgetting. Oh, yeah, showed her vagina. Like, we kept sort of blocking everything out. This is the longest presidential campaign in the country's history. So yeah. Let me find out. We win a tote bag. I, uh, so I, it has been long. I think if we created a list, though, of all the crazy things that have happened in this campaign cycle, we'd fill it two three pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you really think that we would see a campaign where you had, she's a moose hunter. And then that there's, like, some jackass quasi-plumber out there talking about foreign policy. Oh, um, my God, you're right. It's been a freak show. And now she's talking about how she has foreign affairs experience because she can see Russia from her house. Man. Did you ever see that interview with the people on that island a where you can see Russia? A lot of people think that's brilliant. You know, people on that island, like three teeth between them. By the way, the great thing about it is they went to that, uh, on CNN, they went to that island. That It's an island that's part of Alaska, the island from which you can see Russia, which is kind of cool, actually. They showed the, they're on the beach of the island or the coast or whatever. And it's literally, a little Diomede Island, and then there's Big Diomede Island, which is part of Russia right it, next to it. It's fantastic. It's like 100 yards away. Look at that. It's Russia, which is great. The, the best part, though, was that nobody on the island knew who Sarah Palin was. They're like, do you know who your governor is? No. Do you know who Sarah Palin is? No. How many teeth do you have? One. So. Let me flush toilet into ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so what was last night? Monday? I don't even remember. Last night was Monday. So I was here uh, late last night working on some crap, as I always am. And then I went home. I'm not going to lie. I went to bed at 2.30 in the morning. 
I got up at 6.30 in the morning. It's going to be a great day. I feel you. I went to bed. I tried to go to bed early, and I just laid there. I, I got to bed at, like, midnight. Tried yeah. to. Fell asleep um, until, like, 1.30, then woke up and fell back asleep for, you know, like, another half hour. And finally, I just said, screw it. By the way, I did eat poorly last night. You know what I had for dinner last night? At about 1.30 in the morning, I went to the kitchen, made myself some Kraft macaroni and cheese, because it's what I do. It's my comfort food. I made Kraft macaroni and cheese, and I ate an entire bag of those Flaming Hot Munchies things. Good like, for you. Is Squishy Rick going to come back? You've been anorexic, Rick, for too long. I'm not anorexic. I'm just slender, Sarah. I have fine, delicate features. Yes, I'm sure you do. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I ate, a whole, I ate like a 5,000-calorie bag of snack chips last night and then some macaroni, and it was fantastic. And then I watched CNN till like 2.30, and I told because Lars like, are you coming to bed? And I'm like, no, here's why. Because you know what? Last night, I had a special little bonding moment between me and CNN last night. Last night was my first... No, let me reverse that. Last night was my last opportunity to watch Anderson Cooper and all of that endless long-form CNN TV coverage before the election's over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that's become a huge part of my ritual, and I think for a lot of people. You know, Lara and I have started watching... I mean, she's not as into politics as I am, at least in terms of, like, a spectator sport. She and I have been watching, like, two and a half hours of CNN every single night, seven days a week. I mean, Saturday and Sunday, too. Every night, we watch CNN Anderson Cooper, if we can, for, like, two hours. And, I mean, last night's the last night because, you know, tomorrow we'll have a recap and whatever. But it was, you know, it was my last night with Anderson Cooper. And then he wasn't even there. Like some guy. Some jackass. We're giving him a break. Yeah, it was some guy who was hosting the Anderson Cooper thing. There was nobody working at CNN last night. You could tell the floor was empty. Did you? Have you ever? Have you, did you ever tune into CNN television late at night? And it's no offense, but it's clear they got the like the, the B team, the mm-hmm. JV team is in there because it's the same people that do the webcast for CNN. Sometimes if I'm here at work and I can't get CNN television, I'll go watch the T. I'll watch CNN.com. I'll watch their broadcast live. And it's like clearly some intern with a bad blue screen behind him. Mm-hmm. That's who they had doing the main anchored coverage last night. And they kept showing these polls. And then we'll get some calls here before we uh, before we before we take a break, because people are already calling about today and all the merriment that's bound to ensue. But they kept showing these polls last night. And I don't know if CNN was just trying to sort of juke the stats a little bit to um, to make me you know, to, to get me more excited, which isn't really necessary at this point. I don't know if you saw this when they were doing the whole screen after screen after screen of polling statistics last night. I forget the states they were going through, but literally they showed that on screen, you know, Obama, McCain, undecided. Stupid, goddamn undecided voters. But they did like 10 states in a row, and I swear to you, it was within three points in every state they showed. Or shown. Whatever. It was within three points everywhere. It was just astounding. So then I went to, to sleep and just kept having these weird fever dreams all night. And hanging chat. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Uh, anywho, it's 503-733-2970. Let's do this. Um, let's take this one. This says, people are idiots. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson program. First call of Election Day. How are you? Well, it's nothing going good. What, what's, what, what's up, sir? How, how, well, what, you know, uh, what's the deal? Quick, in front of you, you see your, uh, your, your election ballot. You see it there in front of you. Can you hold on a second. Can you drop the bed ever so slightly? Mm-hmm. His phone's a little loud. Yes, go ahead, sir. What? Uh, well, uh, you, have the, you have your election ballot in front of you. Right here. And you're supposed to fold it up and put it in a secret envelope. Yeah, it's the uh, secrecy envelope so no one can see what you voted Correct. for. Correct. And apparently you're supposed to put it in another envelope. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Well, the instruction I got, if you, if you don't mail it in, you don't need to put it in that envelope because if you look on there... It shows that you need to put a stamp on there. You also need your signature. Exactly. Now, why do they want your signature? It's supposed, it's supposed to be a secret ballot. So they so can here. compare it to make sure. So Yeah, so they can compare your signature with the signature on your registration card to make sure that, like, your mailman didn't steal the ballot and fill it out himself. 
Well, then I must have went to the wrong one because this is what happened. I went in there. I did not take the outside envelope. Wait, hold on. Is this our first report of a voter irregularity today? It's definitely. Excellent. Okay, right. what, what do you got? All right, you ready? Yes. So I come walking in. I got three blue hairs sitting around the table, and I walk in. I got the yellow envelope, and I get ready to just drop it in. Right. No, 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 they say. You got to have it in the other envelope. I said, no, I'm not mailing it in. I'm hand carrying it so I can drop it in. Right. No, you've got to have it in there. And then she goes, and you have to sign it. And I said, well, then that's not secret if I sign it. She goes, no, you got to sign it and date it so we know what day you voted. I said, I'm not going to sign it because then they'll know which way I voted. I thought it was secret. She's like, no, you got to sign it. So they had extra envelopes. So what did I do? I have no I went, idea. I put a big X. And oh my God! They thought the world came to an end. Yeah. Oh, now we got to have witnesses. So each one of them had to sign that envelope, signing that they saw me. Wait a minute. So you actually signed? You signed your name with an X? Yeah. But they accepted it because they witnessed they it. And when just before you brought me on, you said, "Well, they got to compare." Nobody asked me for ID. Nobody had the book to show which precinct I was in. No, but but, but but no, no, no. But here's the thing. But when you registered to vote, you had to sign it, and they compare it to that. They they that's why they do anything. that. What's that? They never compared it to nothing. Yeah, yeah they, they can't in the future. But that's the thing is, yeah, they. Oh, in the future, yeah. yeah. But see here, that's I why you have to do that. that. I could have been Joe Bull. I could have had a Xerox copy yes. and dropped it because they didn't ask me for identification. It's all very confusing. And all right. the other thing yes. is, you, uh -huh. do you see on your, uh, you see on your voting uh, uh -huh. pamphlet there, uh, sure. do you have barcodes along the edges? Yeah. Okay, that's going to be registered to you, too. So what did I do? I crossed out all the numbers and drew <laughs> lines through the barcode so that they couldn't scan that and associate that with me. You know, the next thing I'd do is I'd cut off your hands so that they can't ever fingerprint you. And then, if I were you, here's what I want you to do. What's your name? Steve? Yeah, it's Steve, Steve I want you to get a ball-peen hammer, and I want you to smash all your teeth into powder, and then sand off your face in a tool yeah, shed. And mail it to you, right? Yes, please. All right. No, then here's the other thing to watch. Right. I go through all this all trouble, right. and they won't, they won't okay. take my vote. All right. Well, okay. That's hard to believe. All right. Thank you. There you go. That's There's no reason to pick on the old ladies. By the way... He was telling Richie. Richie said, what do you want to talk about? And Steve said, I just voted. I want to talk about how people are idiots. Oh, Steve. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick Emerson. Yeah, how what, are you? What do you got? Yeah, people are stupid. Aren't they stupid? Anyway, I wanted no to No need say, for name calling, sir. How can I help you? I wanted to say that last night on CNN, I saw the greatest promotion uh -huh. for... Uh, they were having an interview with Cindy McCain. Right. And they said, coming up later... Cindy McCain talks about how she wants to hear about John McCain coming from behind. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go out on that. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Okay, that made up with the last call. Hi, you're on the... I love the guy. And then I and then I cut off the... And I ate the ballot, Rick. Then I buried it in soft peat moss Honestly, for three I months. I found his story so uninteresting. I don't even know what he said. And then I told him to shut their mouths. <laughs> Hi, you're on the... And then I told him that no damn Mason was going to be touching my ballot. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, good afternoon. How are you? I'm astonished at the panoply of humanity in front of me, sir. How can I help you? Well, I, I'm going to try to recall some uh, previous Election Day coverage with what happens if we pull a 2000 where Obama gets more popular vote, but McCain still pulls the electoral... electoral well, vote. are you asking me what happens in reality or, like, what will people think? Uh, what will the what will the teeming masses of zombie humans think? Well, mm, 
there probably I don't know. will be very little thinking going on. Yeah, there's not a lot of first zombie thinking in the past. <laughs> not a lot of thinking in this world. Um, well, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't know if that's going to happen, but who's to say? I do believe that Obama. This is just my guess at this point. Obama by a head, probably in the electoral college, but I think the, uh, the popular vote's going to be a lot closer than people think, uh, or than they expected. I will say this. You know, one of my one of my great regrets in life is that whole Florida hanging Chad debacle. And not just, be, I mean, don't get me wrong, that was entertaining. But you know what? The Electoral College is just stupid. I mean, the Electoral College is just, it's, it is, it's an outmoded thing. It's an appendix. It no longer needs to exist, in my opinion. And you know what? The best chance ever to get rid of the Electoral College was in 2000. Because Bush won the Electoral College, but Gore got more votes. I mean, that's just a fact. That, that, that is what they call a check of fact. Gore won the popular vote. And that would have been the perfect chance to say, like, hey, see? It's dumb. We're going to get rid of the Electoral College. But because it got overshadowed by the whole Florida thing, we never got a chance. So, so that being said, I don't really know. I got to tell you, I think if McCain somehow, and I don't think it'll happen, but if McCain somehow wins the Electoral College, but Obama wins the popular vote, I think there's going to be some, uh, let's call it unrest. huh? Let's call it that. Some uh, hand-wringing? Yes, yes, hand-wringing. That's a good euphemism for it. Let's call it that, sir. Well, Rick, I want fire. to just remind you that in a solid blue state such as our own, I think you're okay that if you know you you don't get your vote in, nobody will judge you for it. All right. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put a big smiley face where my signature is supposed to be. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there you go. So, are we? This is Ed McCarthy, apparently. It's, so, oh, it's only 11:30. I have him scheduled for 11:35. We've got to get some of these commercials. All done. right. Let's take a break. We're gonna come back. If you're on hold, hang on. Uh, we've got Jim, spelled G-Y-M, about Keith Oberman. Somebody about the Newsbot conspiracy and Ed McCarthy. Stay there. Back. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South. We'll uh, get more listener calls here in a moment. Elisa Desjardins, uh, CNN Radio correspondent and stylish, mellow man of the world, Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. How are you? Happy uh, election day to you. You as well. On a scale of one to ten, how uh, how uh, how nutty is the energy and the vibe down there right now? Well, I can tell you, I think things have uh, really changed around a little bit after we had all this early voting and people were in lines for up to eight hours. I think people, if they waited to go and vote Election Day, when they usually vote anyway, they're in business. Uh, this polling place that I'm uh, at right now, it's uh, totally amazing how in, quick in and out they get you. I voted in less than a half an hour. It was probably about uh, 20 minutes. I uh, got in there, got in line. And, uh, you know, hit the uh, old computerized screen there and was able to make my selections, and it really was quick. So, you know, it seems to be lighter today, and there might be some reasons for that. I'm just wondering if uh, a lot of people looked at all that early uh, voting thing and said, ah, I'm just going to give up, or maybe some people just decided that uh, they thought the election was a foregone conclusion. It didn't come out to vote. Maybe. I think also probably as it gets later in the day, I think a lot of people intend to vote. They mean to do it. But then, you know, you look at the alarm clock, uh, clock it's 6 a.m., and you say, oh, I don't know, i got to take it some sleep. And you go back yeah. to bed, and then you tell yourself, I'll do it when I get off work. So the, the real telling thing will be what happens this afternoon as people start heading out of the office. Exactly, and through the evening. That's, okay. that, that's going to be the big the i got big a question. question. I'm going to sure. just real quickly here. Now, we don't have this issue because we vote by mail here in Oregon, leading the country as we do in everything. But 
in the rest of the you know the rest of the country where they a lot of places have these electronic voting machines, I've always wondered this. What if you're in there, you're doing the electric voting or the electronic voting in the screen, and like you make a mistake? What do you do? Do you get you call somebody? And go, hey, I voted for Nader by mistake or whatever. I think so. You you have an option where you can go back and change it because at the at the very end it says you you, you have a screen that says. Uh, uh, is this, uh, you know, what you have to look it over right. and, and make sure. So you can go back and you can amend that if you need to. So this is like it's on Amazon.com or something before you say, you know, when they say, this is your total. Do you agree to That's, pay this? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that you don't make a mistake on that. So if you do, they give you that option at the very, very end. But still, there are a lot of people that say they wish that you had a paper ballot that you could right. at least, uh, or some kind of a receipt that you could come out with. Well, that's which my would thing. Be, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, a look, lot of people. Don't. You know, you buy a milkshake, they give you a, a receipt for it. It's odd that you wouldn't get. I'm telling you, man. I don't know why we got away from the thing of just. I don't mean to sound like a luddite. You got away from the thing of like a guy's name. You know, and then the other hand, you just put a huge X next to it and you turn it in. There you go, done. Damn. In big, big indelible ink, right? That's what I'm saying. So, all right. Um, well, I know that it is a, a busy day for all y'all, so I'm going to let you get back to it. As always, thank you for spending a few minutes with us, sir. We always appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Rick. Right. It's an exciting day. Yeah, it's get it's through easy. the process. Thank <laughs> you, my friend. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy, who is already undoubtedly visualing, uh, visualizing a uh, vodka cranberry later on the night with uh, Kathy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, you were talking about... Uh, Disbanding the Electoral College? Yes. Yeah, that'd be the worst thing on earth to do. Because then they'd only have to campaign in about 10 states, and the rest, I mean, if you look at what the the Electoral College is for, it's to give every state somewhat of a say instead of the major states. I don't know if you've been watching the news for the last three months. They've only been campaigning in about five states for the past three months. Yeah, but you look at the red and blue map. I mean, the Democrats have the larger states sewed up, the only chance Republicans have are the middle states to, to get any votes at all. Kind of, if you went strictly uh, popular vote, well, you know, you'd have... Then you'd, you'd have, never, then you'd have, then you'd have you'd a democracy. Have well, no, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. Well, we are, I suppose we are a republic. We are a representative so democracy in many we're ways. we're a republic. We're a republic. Well, we, we are we a, vote people in. Anyway, as, that's way above and beyond the... Uh, as somebody... Uh, we are, as George Carlin once said, uh, George Carlin used to say... What is wrong with this fading republic of ours? So I'll just say, look, here's my whole thing, man. I lived in, I've lived in blue states. I've lived in uh, the reddest of the red states. I lived in Utah uh, for many years. And, and I, if you look at the, the way the election has been going on for the last, uh, when is the last time any of those guys came anywhere approaching here? I mean, it's all been like Florida and exactly. Pennsylvania and Ohio. So well, what's amazing to me is I'm 55 and I've been voting for 34 years. And how come all of a sudden the voting system screwed up? I mean, it used to be you go down, go to your precinct, you'd vote, and then you were counted. And now, God, it's an act of Congress to, to, to get a fair vote. I don't know where the big change came. I think, and, well, uh, this is just my theory. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I just, and just to go back on your, on your back point, I know the, the Electoral College gets, uh, people, it can get kind of contentious because people say, well, I don't want uh, the coast determining everything for middle America, or I don't want Kansas determining something for Oregon, which is, I suppose, a fair point. I think that's what happened. I think my take on it would be, and this is just my take. I mean, we can, you know, uh, and and uh, by the way, I do want to thank you for the, for the tone of the conversation because I admire the fact, sir, that as men, we can stand here and have an intellectual discourse about an issue uh, that perhaps uh, we are on opposite sides of. Uh, I'll say, even when I uh, lived in like Utah. I never really felt like the coasts were going to start, like, running things and suddenly cratering the country into a big ditch. I mean, I just don't, you know, I, I just don't think any one part of the country is that powerful. I don't think any well, one part Cal, of the country well, can control the rest. 
had California. If you have California, New York, and Texas, man, you, uh, the popular vote, you've got a big start. I mean, California's got, what, 25% or 20%? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you yeah. could you could make the point though that uh, based on a lot of indicators that some of those states have really you know they got a handle on things. Uh, just like you could make the case that Oregon really has a handle on a lot of things that the rest of the country really would be you know would be biased to follow. My the, the, about the the voting thing though, it's a good question about why the voting irregularities. Here's my theory on it. My theory is not that there are more voter irregularities now and problems as such. I think though that there was a time when elections were absolutely controlled, bought, paid for, corrupt, and run by political machines like those in Chicago under uh, Mr. Daley. And I think that as elections have become less controlled by the old party machines, those, in other words, the election used to be so corrupt and so controlled that there was no chance of even seeing the air because, you know, the man went in and just absolutely rejiggered everything to the point that you couldn't even spot that there was fraud. And I think as there's more transparency, the fraud that was already there just becomes more visible. Well, see, my theory is that up until 1980, we had very few elections that were even in doubt. Right. And, and the closeness of the current election, since we're so polarized, just shows the how bad the system has always been. But no one ever noticed because people were winning by 10, 15 million votes. <laughs> because it was, it was never an issue. Because I think Reagan beat my, Didn't Reagan carry every single state except the, state? Except, for the except the District of Columbia? Oh sure, yeah. Poor, poor Walter Mondale. That guy must have—he must have felt like somebody had backed over his dog, his cat, his wife, his kids, and three people that he knew back at the Moose Lodge. But, but you know what? I get a feeling Walter Mondale is the sacrificial lamb of the Democrats, like McCain is the sacrificial lamb of the Republicans. It is true. I mean, look, I, well, you want to talk about Walter Mondale? Got talk about a guy that had the, the all the vibrancy of a slug. I mean, I really. Think the, I think the Republicans, and I'm a Republican, but I voted for Obama. Uh, have screwed up so bad that they need to throw this one away just so they can have some type of plausible deniability. I'm, I'm with you, my friend. All right, thank you, sir, for the call. See you later. All right, there you go. There you go. See, that's what I'm talking about. See that guy and I? That was a good discussion. Different sides of the issue, a little give and take, a little back and forth, a mano a mano. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, and then we'll get to some more. I want to find out what Keith Oberman said that some guys all... Uh, amped up about. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello and happy election day to you. Hi, happy election day, guys. It's the happiest day of the year. All right. Uh, I really have to tell you, I've been more, I'm more excited about today than I have been about uh, any of the recent holidays. I think I'm more excited about today than I was my birthday. Yeah. I am, you know, I have to say there was a moment today where I was honestly trying to compare it to my wedding day and I was like, what? Uh." See, but you and I can get away. Look, here's the thing. Here, talking just to each other, you can do that, and I can say the same thing to you. Now, back at home with our significant others, it's not going to fly, but I, Rick Emerson, understands you. See what I'm saying? That's yeah, what I, I do have some good news for Walter Mondale. He won Minnesota. Is that true? I, I thought did. it was just D.C. No, the D.C. always comes through for those Democrats. But, but uh, Minnesota's his home state. Minnesota's his home state. Yeah. He also won. And I think um, we were actually, it's just because Dick and I were just talking about this. George McGovern, also another Democrat that only won uh, one state. Boy, he won Massachusetts. You know, I tried to every day we start the uh, we start the show with a speech or a scene from a movie. And uh, or a TV show. Today we actually played. We used the Anthony Hopkins version because the audio is better. But we played the "You won't have Richard Nixon to kick around anymore." Oh, speech that's crazy. From the movie Nixon. And, but you know what? I really tried to find, and I couldn't find it. What I tried to find to start the show with today was from the movie. It just came out a few months ago called Gonzo, which is this movie about uh, Hunter Thompson specifically 
about Hunter Thompson's coverage of the 72 election. Yeah. And Hunter Thompson, it was narrated by Johnny Depp. It was Johnny Depp reading the Hunter Thompson essays. And I would have given anything to find it last night. But there is a great little essay that Hunter Thompson wrote about the 72 election. And he says, in effect, he talks about, uh, you know, just, just the savage beating the nation gave them a governor, and he says that, you know, we are a nation of 200 million used car salesmen with all the guns we need and no qualms at all about turning them on anybody who displeases us. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing this sort of badly, but he says, um, he said, the dark, venal, and incurably violent side of the American character goes a long way toward explaining why we came within an eyelash of administering the worst defeat ever to a man who was at his core essentially a simple country preacher. Wow. So, I mean, you know, that's... I got to tell you, man, this is when I remember what and not to compare him with Mondale, but I remember being a kid and watching that Reagan Mondale election and my dad, big redneck that he was sitting there getting progressively more loaded on, on Pat's blue ribbon all night and and cheer and like crumpling up a can and throwing it in the air in celebration every time Reagan would get another state. And even then feeling bad for the underdog, right. just the way that I am, you know. Right, right, clearly. So. I, 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 don't, I, I can tell you, I know that uh, you guys apparently are going to have some crazy election turnout. Your Secretary of State, you guys probably know the saying that it's going to be over 86%, yeah. which, is your, which is your record, pretty nice. This is, uh, this is the high watermark. I think we are all realizing that right now, that barring some insane development in 2012 or 16 or in the future, this, I think, really is going to stand for some time as the... Uh, it could. It could is, well. This, this, today is going to be like that time that NSYNC sold 1.2 million albums in a week. <laughs> And this explains uh, when I was out, you know, with the with the bus last week. I was running into a lot of people, uh, surprisingly, especially men, who were saying that they had voted year after year after year, and that this year they were not going to vote because they're angry at both parties. And it's funny because I I really actually tried to do that story and put it up on the CNN on right. CNN.com, and you know the .com people wisely said, hey, well, just find us an expert that can talk about it. And just swimming so upstream was I yesterday, calling expert after expert, saying, yeah, I know, record turnout, I know, but don't you think, aren't there some disgruntled voters? And they all were like, huh. <laughs> maybe. That's kind of sweet of you to, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, I got nowhere. I, I thought was there completely was a, upstream. I, whatever happened to, uh, whatever happened to, uh, whatever happened to the, the faith on the family uh, folks, they were screeching all of that gibberish early on about, I'm just going to stay home. I won't right. vote for McCain. But that Palin sort of got rid Palin of that. Palin is what turned yeah. that around. She turned it around. Although, um, you know, CNN's latest polling on her shows that she may be costing uh, McCain overall like four percentage points nationally right now. Uh, Tim has just, Tim, News Director Tim Riley, you said the record turnout. Is this Oregon, Tim, you're talking about? Yes. 2004 was what? 86.6%. So in 2004, we had 86.6%. Oh, so that did be, oh, see, because the AP is reporting that it was the 1960 race, uh, 86.5. Tim, you might, you, you know, I think you got it on the AP. You know, the AP also says an historic, though, so. Oh, right, I know. No, don't want to truck with that. Uh, all right, well, dumb question. Yeah, what, guys, I know, I mean, can you believe what, it? What, I'm I mean, excited. I, what else, I don't even know what to be asking you right now. I, I mean, know, I don't just, even uh, know what to say. I'm so unbelievably excited. I think, um, you guys, everybody knows that there'll be some early signs of what's going to happen. Uh, Virginia and Indiana both close, you know, right away. Now, I did not think 4 that. 4 p.m. your time. I yeah. didn't think that they could release actual results until the polls were closed everywhere. No, they each state can release their results once all of their polls have closed. I guess I thought that there was some sort of thing where they didn't want Californians to feel like their vote didn't matter, you know, whatever. Yeah, but we do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. Screw 
true of that. Um, and it's funny because the McCain campaign put out a, a big, almost all bold print memo yesterday to reporters saying uh, exit polls can be wrong, exit polls skew, Democratic, well, don't trust. Exit. And that's because a lot of networks call the races based on their exit polling, and the McCain camp is convinced exit polling will go to Obama, and perhaps they're hoping be wrong. So, I gotta, I gotta, you know, well, you remember 2004, all the exit yeah, polls said Kerry. Every they one were of wrong. Them. And, and that's right. The McCain campaign is absolutely right to point this out, but they're, they're kind of staking uh, they're, they're really staking a lot on this because they feel that the, if there's early races called for Obama that may be close right. or may turn around, then they're going to get hurt in the later races. I mean, they're they're going. They they know that they need every vote they can get, and they're going for. But I think I think you may see uh, networks more reluctant to call races if they're close at all because everyone's aware that the exit polling was wrong in New Hampshire or that well exit polling. I don't know that w- that it was wrong in New Hampshire, but certainly polling was wrong in New Hampshire. Exit polling was wrong in 2004. Uh, so may take a little bit longer than usual to call these see, races. Uh, real quick before we go. When we're going to ask Lisa something? Wasn't there some question we had in the first half of the show when we were like, we should ask Lisa that? Now oh. it's falling out of my brain. Do you remember what that was? Anybody? I don't. Tim, do you remember me even that. saying that? Well, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. All I, right. I can't. I just can't wait. Oh, but I do have to say, um, Tyler Moody, my boss, would like you to return his emails. How? What emails? I don't know. He says he's been emailing you today. Um, I think I, must, I have to assume so. Uh, well, let me check. I have to say that I don't know that yeah, I Dan, saw. This. I, I booked you with Dan today. Okay. Um, well, well, we'll sort it all out. Yeah, we'll I have out. to say that I uh, this morning was a little crazy. So um, yeah, I believe it. I think it's about tonight. All right. So. Well, I will. Uh, I'll check on that. And so yeah. So I know you and uh, Kira Phillips and a cast of thousands. Cast of thousands. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We got food for thousands. All right. Well, tell him I'll look into it. I'll uh, I'll check it during the break. Hi. Tomorrow when we talk, the election is going to be over. All right. I know. Isn't it? See, but don't uh, you? I can't like, believe it. Isn't this like how you kind of want Christmas to be three days long so you yeah, can savor exactly it? Yeah. That's exactly how. I feel. I can't believe we got here and it's actually going to end like uh, oh, an hour. Oh, 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 oh. This is what we were going to ask you. Speaking of this, real quickly, here's what it was. We yeah. were talking about how this was the longest campaign in the history of everything. And my question mm-hmm. was, by what starting date? In other words, what if what actual literal event was the, uh, in other words, what was the, right. the calibration point for the beginning of this campaign? Uh, well, you, you can look at two different dates. You can look at when, you know, various candidates announced, but that's tricky because, um, you know, Obama was not the first candidate to right. announce. Uh, but you can, I, I think probably the safe date to look at is going to be uh, January 3rd when, when the Iowa caucuses were. You know, but then, you know, when does campaigning start for that? I don't, you know, you can look at it, you can, you know, look at that all kinds of ways. I did actually watch CNN last night, and I stayed up way, way, way past when I should have. Really? because. Because I, my wife's like, when are you coming to bed? And I'm like, baby, I, I gotta sell, I gotta savor my last night with CNN yeah. before all is known. I mean, That's right. Because you know what this has been like. This has been like having. Uh, it is a little sports illusion, so I don't know if this makes sense. Uh, this has sort of been like having playoffs, then three months of practice, and John Madden drawing things on the chalkboard, and then like, uh, you know, 90 days later, you have the Super Bowl. Yes, that is exactly what it's been like. And the one good thing about this is, in a way, I kind of look at it as, however you want to count, it's almost like we have 50 Super Bowls tonight. I mean, at least we have a good 15 to 20 Super Bowls, especially if you um, count the Senate races. And that is good news for you guys, because if this race race kind of gets called early, and, you know, I I say 50-50 chance on that. I have no idea uh, if we're going to know early or not. But if it does, then uh, everyone's going to want to be talking about the races left, like your Senate race. That's Uh, going to be what's left. I'm talking about. All right, yeah. it's uh, fantastic. Okay, so we will be uh, we will be joining you tonight, having your coverage tonight. We'll be doing all of awesome, that, and then awesome. uh, our dumb question: Are you on tomorrow? Yeah. Um. You know what? I don't know actually.
actually, yeah, I think it depends on how late we go tonight, and I think we don't know our schedules for tomorrow yet. You know, you can. You know, there's such a thing as being a game day player, Lisa. Oh, oh, oh listen to that. I'm, I'm just in. saying. Well, you know, I'm telling you, it's, it's this one, I think, out of my hands. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I, this is the day where I, I want to be up 30, like 59 hours straight. You know, as long, I want to be up as long as I can be up, but I, I don't know. And right. today is the game day, Rick Emerson, I'm, to I'm be just fair. Saying. Oh, good I point, know. Sarah. All right. You, you are, in fact, the greatest person who's ever lived, by the way. Lisa. Oh, so gee, just so you geez. Know. Wow. wow. You're making me feel a lot better. I was kind of nervous going into this big show tonight. No, there's you're a, me you know, feel better. Can, look, can I tell you, look, everybody's talking about the election. I'm not saying anything we don't know. We've been talking about it here forever. Yeah. Even, even our afternoon show, which is typically more of a, you know, either a relationship show and talks a lot about, you know, booze and girls and whatever. It's been nothing but politics there. Um, I was in the elevator this morning at some completely different business, and everybody there in the elevator was talking about it. But that being said, there really are, uh, you know, just times when you absolutely want to nerd out to the nth degree, and I never have to be embarrassed uh, about that with you. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm going to take that with the love. It was, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, have a fantastic <laughs> night. We will undoubtedly speak okay. with you this evening. Thank you, Lisa. All right. Awesome. All right. Bye. There you go. Lisa Desjardins. All right. So a couple of these calls. We'll break. We'll come back and underway with Tim Riley, uh, the Ministry of uh, Truth and so forth. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey, Rick. Um, I had an election question for you. Yes. Uh, I was wondering, in Oregon, are you required to put postage on your ballot? Uh, I'm looking right here. Postage required. Post office will not deliver without proper postage, which Doesn't does seem, seem like a like poll tax to me. To you? Yeah, no, I was just actually. It does seem a bit like a poll tax to me, but I guess they would get around that by saying you can drop it off anywhere all over the city, including places that don't require any money, like libraries. So, yeah, but I'm with I live you. in Washington, yeah. and we're required to put postage on our absentee ballots. Yeah, no, it does, I, I do think that that's a little bit of BS. I mean, I really, they're going to, you know, they're going to spring to send us uh, all of this crap anyway. They might as well spring for 40 cents for a stamp. I, right. Especially because, let's be honest, it's not costing them anything. They are the government. It's their, it's, yeah. it's their postal service. So, no, I, government, I'm surprised. The government should, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm surprised there actually hasn't been a lawsuit about that from some yeah. busybody, because it does seem like a little bit of a poll tax. You're right about that. The government can afford to pay for one thing. You'd think it would be elections. That's what I'm saying. Well, but then we wouldn't be able to give $700 like, skillion dollars to some company that needs like a bunch of back rubs in California. So. Oh, yeah, we don't want them to go. Uh, no. Homeless. Well, t sir, and the government can't be giving you your stamps. You know what that would be, Tim? Socialism. Socialism. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, hi, Rick. This is, uh, this is Jerry from McMinnville. What's up? Uh, I actually wanted to call to let you know um, I'm driving out from McMinnville today because I'm actually registered in um, in Clackamas County. Uh -huh. So I'm going to be driving out there to drop off my ballot, and uh, I'm going to be bringing my boy with me. I got a 15 month old. I'm going to try and swing into your uh, your event tonight. And uh, basically, I was just wondering uh, if I could see you around. Maybe I can get a picture of you and my my son. I'm going to have them all dressed up and stuff. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we are going to be there all night long. We'll be there at seven anyway, from seven until people. Don't ask how long it's going to go? The, the thing is, you know, the, the Grand Central Bowl I think is open all day. Uh, Willamette, those folks are all getting there around six. Our broadcast and event begins at seven. Tim is going to be broadcasting. Sarah and I and Richie will be there. We're going to be uh, sort of rolling around, you know, talking to folks uh, all night long. We will be there until ten. Or until everything is sort of settled, whichever sort of goes later. In other words, if it's if they call it at 9:15, we're going to broadcast till 10, do a recap and analysis, and call it a night. If it goes till 11, we'll be there till 11. So yeah, we will be around. Uh, just uh, yeah, we're you know I'm not the Pope, so just track me down and, and uh, call me, and we'll t we'll take a photo, sir. Um, one last thing. Yeah. Um, 
Do they allow smoking inside the place or not? Cause I'm bringing my no. Truck. No, yeah. I don't believe so because we're getting... No, they have a little corral in the front, though, that they stick in. And in anticipation of everybody's place going smoke-free at the end of the year, they just don't do well at smoking throughout the venue. No, sir. Okay, I, that was just my concern. Yeah. I have a 15-month-old. No, so. no, you, uh, no, it's just a uh, lots of booze for him, though. I mean, not for him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, another thing is um, I used to be a pizza delivery driver in southeast Portland. Excellent. And, um, you know, I could list off a million stories that are amazing, but just to recap them all, I'd just say um, any pizza delivery drivers who are listening, share your stories, man, because I found some crazy ones. There's there's quite a few interesting people in Southeast, as you would imagine, and everyone likes pizza. So That is know, true, sir. That's, I, a, that's, a, that's a thing we can all cast our vote for. In fact, I'm making a note here. One of these days going forward, we should actually do theme segments where we have, like, one segment of the show, 10, 12 minutes or whatever, where it's uh, it is profession specific. In other words, we do a chunk of the show just pizza delivery drivers. Chunk of the show just cops. Chunk of the show just teachers. All right, there you go. All, All right. right, thank you, my friend. Right. I drive safe. All right, that's a great job. So I used to be a pizza delivery driver. Really? Was it enjoyable? Yes. Well, except you end up just paying for your gas in the long run. See, how does that work? Does the man pay for? He doesn't pay for your gas. No. Well, that's that's crap. Well, I mean, you get good tips. I guess. Now, were you paid a flat hourly wage and then also tips on top of it? Yes. Was it enough to cover your gas most of the time? Until the price of gas skyrocketed, and then I had to quit. And the price of pizza stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to tell you, um, I've really, uh, and then we'll break after this. We'll come back with uh, the news and the hey, hey, and the whatever. Um, I used to be a real, uh, it, you know, I used to kind of have that Reservoir Dogs thing about tipping where I was just kind of a jerk about it. And I and I have that as a thing on which I've become uh, much more uh, broad-minded. I have become a much better tipper as a as, uh, after having been fired a few times, like, you know what? Maybe you, maybe we should all take care of one another a little more. But you know who I tip really well every time? Pizza guy. I tip the pizza guy like a like a like a MFer. I mean I just tip him like nobody's business. And pizza customers are the worst customers Not of anywhere. You know what? The thing is we order from the same place most of the time. They know me and they know I tip well. And uh, I get a I have a sense here because sometimes they'll say the woman takes the order and she's like, Okay, that pizza will be ready in about forty five minutes and I get it within like twenty minutes. I think that it's known now that I'm a good tipper, and I'm telling you right now, I think they bump people and they put me to the front of the line. Man, I, I'll never forget sitting at somebody's kitchen table where they count out $15 in pennies to pay for their pizza. <laughs> the rest of my pizza is getting cold in the car. Pardon me, ma'am. I have to go back and uh, squat on your pizza for a second. Hold on. All right, let's take a break. Back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Uh, all right, it is now, well, over six minutes after. So we are about, what, six hours, 53 minutes away? Yes. From the uh, spine-tingling excitement. The political party happens tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, at 8th and Morrison in beautiful southeast Portland at Grand Central Bowl. Uh, in just a moment, we will go to a Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Let's get a couple of these uh, folks who have been on hold at the election. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello Sarah. Hey. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, hello. Okay. Well, um, I'm so much in favor of the paper ballot just because uh, when I voted for my first election, it was Reagan Mond. Reagan, no, Reagan Carter. Reagan, so that would have been, what, 76? No, no, 80. No, 76. 76? Wait, what am I thinking? 
Wait, no. Yeah, because yes. this right. is my first Not election. That. That's right. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking something different. Um, and so, <laughs> and, uh, what was it? Where were you living at the time? Oh, uh, here in Portland. All right. And so, what was the balloting system? Uh, you walked in. You signed up. You know, signed on the list and went and voted. I was standing in line after work, and uh, they announced that Reagan had, you know, that Carter had conceded. Right. And um, all these people just turned and walked away. And, you know, the the weird thing is, you know what, what I regret? I am sad that I never got to pull a lever. I have never gotten to pull a lever. It's Well, fun. they don't have them. They've never had them here. Yeah. I mean, it's very sad. You know, the lever seems like a great thing. You go in there and, and you push it down. I've never gotten a chance to do that. So, no. Uh. I think they, they were concerned that that would make it so someone could come in behind you and see what you voted or figure out which which handles are warm or sticky or something or like that. Or that, you know, because when you, when you pull the lever, it closes the curtains behind you. Really? Yes. Or that you would just go all spastic and hit, like, 15 of them at once. It's yeah, like, yeah, a candy machine. <laughs> Green party. Yeah. So, excellent. All right, but, then. Um, well, we'll see you tonight, uh, and uh, Prime will be bringing the camera, so. Fantastic. There will be a visual documentation of the entire event. That is correct. All right. Thank you. See you tonight. All right. There you go. A couple more calls here in a moment. This, however, is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Believe it or not, we have piles of things. And hardly any of us have been counted, except for Dixville Notch. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Dixville Notch? Dixville Notch, New Hampshire. They voted at 9 o'clock our time last night, and it it took them uh, several minutes to count like 18 ballots. But anyway, about 63% of Oregon's 2,166,019 voters have returned their ballots as of yesterday afternoon. And most people in the state are Democrats. 70% of those returned their ballots. Republicans, uh, they're the minority party in the state, but 64% of them returned their ballots. And as far as independents go, about 50%. It is weird to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll be talking about this for for months and years and decades after. It is weird to think also, before I get to my other weird thing, mm-hmm. that we, as we've sometimes noted this year, that we are living inside something that really will be talked about a lot in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that all all elections are a part of history. No, and everything you'll remember goes, tonight. Yeah, but tonight is, what would you say is the last presidential election, Tim, that had, not counting the recount, I'm talking about the actual election night, what would you say the last presidential election that had this kind of drama? I mean, if you go really, really back, Nixon probably. Nixon '72. Nixon Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so I mean, the idea. Well, the one before that, '68. The '72 was McGovern. Yeah. So I guess '68 because that did come on the heels of you know a lot of violence and assassinations and uh, all that rioting in Chicago and whatever. You know who actually uh, was just down the street from that rioting was Susan Reynolds. Excellent. When all that uh, rioting happened at oh, the '68 right. convention, her, isn't she? yeah, she is from Chicago, and just all of that. And just all that weirdness out there in the streets. So it is, but tonight you are in something that is going to be discussed. You know, that will be viewed as a very significant night, and just above and beyond the way that elections typically are. Uh, so, it, well, especially with nine million new registered voters. Totally. And here's my other thing. I know that there's been a lot made of this so-called Republican malaise. Uh, that you know, the, the Republicans are feeling out of sorts, or they're just feeling, uh, you know, like uh, they, they kind of got in the fuzzy end of the lollipop this time around. I, I understand that. The thing I don't get, though, is because we're not just talking about the number of people who maybe are feeling like they're going to vote for Obama as opposed to the number of people who feel like, well, I'm going to vote for McCain. You were talking about the actual ballot return numbers and that there are actually fewer Republicans even turning in their ballot this year, which doesn't you would think that is counterintuitive. You'd think that they go, no, no, no. We, you know, now more than ever, we Republicans got to band together and make sure that we win. 
It's it's odd. It is a weird uh, it's a weird dynamic because it's not like it's a blowout. I mean, it's 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 close. It right. really is close. And I mean, you they, they could return them by eight o'clock tonight. I, mean, I suppose. I mean, maybe the older voters do that. Maybe older voters go and they drop them off in person or whatever. Because look, I mean, it's just a mathematical fact. I mean, even in Oregon, we're getting like eighty-five percent or whatever. Uh, you know, eligible voters who are doing so. If the Republicans all just banded together, I mean, they would absolutely just win hands down, flat out. I mean, they got the numbers simply based on the the amount of people from each declared party who vote. So it's odd to me that the Republicans, who are very, usually very canny and savvy and very clear thinking about such things, haven't somehow all just gotten in a room together and gone, look, like it kind of sucks, but if we all vote, we're going to win. So let's just let's just you know hold our noses and vote for McCain. What are you going to do? Now, depending on the election tonight, we could end up with two senators who are both Democrats. And it'll be the first time we've had that in uh, more than a decade. Recent polls have shown Jeff Merkley within striking distance of knockout Gordon Smith. And should Merkley win, then he's teamed up with Senator Ron Wyden in Washington, D.C. Isn't that the guy who eats hot dogs? Yeah, Jeff Merkley eats hot yeah. dogs, Sarah. Uh, can I tell you, every time you say Gordon... mouth open. Uh, that'll go down he really... He doesn't as... care about terrorism while he's chewing. It's going to go down as one of the great campaign ads. Maybe in not terms of... Maybe not the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Because I think... This is just my opinion as a pun, pundit, as Sarah Palin would say. Uh, my opinion as a pundit and a bloviator, that... I think that ad really backfired because I, ever, I have to tell you this. Can I look? I'm, I won't. I won't name names, but people that I know, people that are friends of the show, people who are intelligent. I know a lot of intelligent people who said, "Look, I don't know anything about uh, Jeff Merkley. I don't know anything about him. I don't know what he stands for." Well, politics is not for the intelligent. No, but they but people who just. But I mean, I know people who are very intelligent who actually have a careful, reasoned approach to the issues. But they just said one guy I know in particular said, "Look, as soon as I saw that hot dog ad." He's like, F it. I'm voting for Jeff Merkley. I don't care. I don't care what he does. He could spend his time setting fire to kittens. As soon as I saw that ad trying to paint him as some sort of a schlub because he eats hot dogs, I decided to vote for that guy. Also this, every time you say Gordon Smith, I pictured Gordon Jump from WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. In his office, sacrificing a raft. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, Bill Bradbury said today that he is sticking with his prediction that will set a record That'll eclipse the 86.5% turnout the state saw. Okay, so now we do go back to the 60 Nixon presidential election. So, if we go back even further... This is 1960? 1960. And the one before that was 86.6, which was the 2004 election. So, so we got to go back 48 years mm-hmm. to find turnout like this. And that was and that was with Richard Nixon on the ballot, who mm-hmm. is uh, somewhat of a divisive person. So that's that. All right. uh, I wish Nixon was here to see this. I really do. He, that's the other guy. You know, I never did write that article. And so maybe it's too late to do it now as a current events piece. Maybe in six months I can do it as a, as a look-back piece. I had that idea that somebody ought to write an article where it was George Carlin, Tim Russert, and Hunter Thompson sitting around some table at a bar in the afterlife and ruminating about this strange, strange saga of the last eight months. Maybe I'll do it in six months, and I'll do it as a reflection, but I'll add Richard Nixon, too. Nixon will be the, uh, Nixon will be the bartender. All right, here's Tim Riley. They closed down the steel bridge again, all day the traffic due to an electrical problem. It is stuck open, it says. <laughs> so let me understand this. People are cutting pieces. People are sawing sections of the Hawthorne Bridge in half, and the steel bridge is closed because of an electrical problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to contain the, uh, the Crippen virus. I mean, that would just be my guess. Well, Starbucks is giving away a free cup of coffee today if you vote. 
How do you know? How do they know that? Did they? Well, did they give you the sticker? This is I noted. Know, probably. Right. I would imagine so. So uh, it doesn't say how. Anyway, free coffee, coffee, coffee. Free coffee. Really? You just, can you just go in and lie? Somebody I, go into Starbucks and lie. No, I've, I've received an email from a couple of emails from many people. Are like, I'm on my sixth cup of free coffee. Yeah, well, all right. We get uh, free coffee here anyway. I suppose, and it's better. Mm-hmm. Here's Tim Riley. So there have been mistakes, breakdowns, and long waits. Wonderful. Today. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. In Virginia, there are reports of problems such as voting machine breakdowns and issues with optical scanners being unable to read rain-drenched ballots. So they use paper towels. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. That was a trying to do this. That's right. A Virginia Beach polling station opened late because of the late arrival of election officials. In Fairfax County, a handful of memory cards failed to work. Voting machine problems at the Math and Science Department of Richmond forced Henneco County to switch to paper ballots. In New Jersey, voting machine failures were reported in Willingsboro, Newark, and Maplewood. Voters in Texas, Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas all received text messages telling Democrats to vote on Wednesday. Really? Yeah. So the... That's fantastic. The tricky dick type of dirty tricks are out Well there. done to whoever did that. Who That was in what states, Tim? Voters in Texas. Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas reported text messages telling Democrats to vote on Wednesday, the day after the election. I would like to commend whoever did that. Well done. Fantastic. That is well played. I never would have thought of that. All right. This is why, you know, this is why uh, Dick Morris is Dick Morris, and I'm just me. Then in Shaker Hunts, Ohio, the ballots of one polling station forgot to include the page for president. You know. In Ohio, election uh, spokeswoman Kimberly Bartlett said the first four voters there had mistakenly been given only the second page of the ballots without the first page containing the presidential vote. Fantastic. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Sherry Pouchet reported the late delivery of ballots at one precinct due to rain. One optical scan to malfunction because of damp ballots. In Kansas, reporters uh, claim that people have been waiting in line for three hours because precincts received wrong voter registration list. <laughs> In Manhattan, there are just long lines of people who are waiting for four hours. Well, you know what, Manhattan? My sister sent me a picture because she had to go get in line today. Right. She sent me a picture this morning of um, her thing. Well, you know, in Manhattan, they, they do it old school. Oh, wow. Let me yeah, see. It her, yeah, it took like 45 minutes. But she wow, that's amazing. She was saying how it's madness at her work right now because people keep having to leave. Right. Because they, they stand in line, but then they have to go back to work. So they have to run back to work and then leave again to go back and get in another line. Boy, you know, and I said in Manhattan, for such an for such an advanced city of tomorrow and so forth, they, they don't, they're not really on the cutting edge there. I mean, she's she's standing in line one of the old one, like, pull lever ones. And on one they? day. Mm-hmm. You can't vote early there. In Manhattan, you in New York, you were voting on a day, which is today, which seems terribly outmoded. All right, that's that's great. Problems already. Wonderful. Yeah, more of those as the night goes on, I hope. Then a suicidal squirrel is causing delays in Vero Beach, Florida. It knocked out power to 800 customers, including the Indian River County Library and Courthouse. Where was this, Tim? Vero Beach, Florida. Right, I, I play in the other Oh, yes. The suicidal squirrel caused voting to be slowed down at the library. They were still able to cast the ballots by flashlight. How did they... The squirrel leaped onto a tree onto a power line, causing a fire that tripped the electrical switch, knocking out power to the polling station. The interesting thing is that they've actually gone inside the mind of the squirrel and deduced that he wasn't just clumsy, that he was, in fact, suicidal. That's a reporter with uh, ambitions of... Uh, that's, a, that's a future Tom Wolf right there. The squirrel, uh, had he fled, the squirrel would have told Democrats to vote tomorrow. He was found lying dead on the ground. <laughs> that, telling, that telling them to vote tomorrow is... Uh, that's pretty great. Uh-huh. That's, uh, you know, boy, you know, that's another guy. I wish Lee Atwater was around to uh, just to see what he created. All right, here's Tim Riley, and we'll get some calls here in a so second. So we do have results of one election already. That is uh, Dixville Notch, New Hampshire. Now, usually they're solid Republican, but not this time. 
Barack Obama won. Uh, 15 of the 21 votes cast in Dixville Notch went to Barack Obama. It's the first time they have voted Republican since 1968. And this is in what state? Dixville Notch, New Hampshire. All right. So uh, what is, have you been there? Yes, I have. What is it? Is it? I mean, is it just a blink of a town? It's a, a big resort. A big resort hotel, like one of those old-time resorts. And so this is like that. Uh, is this the same place where they did that, that primary vote? You know that kookily small primary vote they yeah. did where it's like nine votes? Yeah. So it's the Punxsutawney of elections. Yes, it is. Yeah, all right. Uh, I get a couple of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What up? Yes, I just wanted to make the comment. The gentleman called in earlier and said, asked if he had to put postage yeah. on his. Uh, do not, do not, do not mail in your ballots today. You must drop them off at uh, one of the polling depositories. Oh, depository. Um, yes, the, uh, absolutely. Yes, uh, yeah, if you put it in the mail, because it, it can't be postmarked, it's got to be delivered. Exactly. Do you ever exactly. get, here's a question. Do you ever get a confirmation that it's been delivered? I, I don't think so. Well, that's dumb. That's another thing they ought to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oregon is way ahead of the curve. I'm, I'm, I'm No illusions about that. Oregon is really, really on the ball, and I mean this with all sincerity, that the rest of the country really got to be following our lead and doing it this way, because uh, the, the number of mistakes and screw-ups is just vastly... Uh, it, it's small here. Absolutely boggles the mind. But it, but it's strange that you don't get a confirmation. Look, uh, you uh, you know if you send the you know if you buy a pair of shoes, sometimes a guy you have to sign for receipt, it, right? Right. Yeah, it's strange that they don't give you a receipt to let you know that your vote has actually been received. Because how would you know? I guess you that could go unnerving. I guess you could follow up, right? Yes. Yeah. I, all right. I would think. All right. Yeah. So okay. um, don't so put do it in the mail, mail today. Do not put it in the mail. You must drop it off at a depository. Unless you're just doing it for comedy value, in which case you can mail it. Yeah. 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 Unless you're voting for McCain, and, and then go ahead. That's you saying that the Rick Emerson show didn't say that. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Um, first thing, I just wanted to say I've converted a fourth listener now. Excellent. And I look forward to being at the political party tonight. It'll be my. You know, if you uh. If you convert 10, you get a toaster oven, sir. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, also, I'm a little bit behind on the podcast, so forgive me. You were talking last week. You were, you seem surprised that uh, oil companies are posting record profits, and and people have been trying to play this off for a while now. Everybody's saying, oh, well, it costs them more to get oil, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. So they right. increase the prices. Yes, they've been, you know, have record profits right. for a long time now. So if anyone tells you that they need to raise prices because – uh, it costs them more. Kick them square in the groin. Done and done. All right. In fact, you know what? I'm going to make that my default response to everything today. Anytime anybody tells me anything, you know, hey, uh, you're blocking my car out back. <laughs> right in the junk. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. One more, then more news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hey. This is Terry from Tiger, and I'm actually a letter carrier. Excellent. And I work, you know, of course, for the post office. And today, I just want, that lady is right in a way who said, you know, take it to the to the drop-off nice. places. However, the post office is taking old ballots today, and the postmasters from each post office will hand-deliver those, those ballots to the to the polling. In other place. words, if I put my ballot out in the mail this morning, they'll take it and they'll stick it in the box at the yes, post office. Yes, they will. Oh. They will take it to the polling place and hand deliver it. All right then. So every vote is going to get counted by the post office doing above and beyond what they normally do. All right. Tim is looking. I, I, Tim. I would have 
Tim seems skeptical. Doubts in the suburbs about the the, uh, the postal employees who collect mail on contract who oh yeah what about do those? not work for the well, post office? Well, actually, weird, like, you know what, guys. Tim? Tim, with mm. all due respect, you you actually you are a fool, Tim. No, no, with all due respect, <laughs> yes, you. Yeah. you you're very misled because you're not <laughs> under contract. I happen to know the letter carrier. You know you're speaking to the news that, director. That delivers of your mail, and it's a rural carrier. Uh, you're it, you're no, considered no, no. rural what, what, what? rural carriers, and so you're we're we're all hired by the government. But we I'm gonna are get some federal coffee, employees. No, no, I, I don't have one of those. I have a real mailman. Yes, I, I do like. know. I, I do know that because I know that person who is your real mailman. Anybody need coffee? Ah, uh, yes. So, but I, I still don't trust them. I say drop them off. Well, oh, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's just going to go back and forth. All right, and we're going to be done with that. All right. It's just, I just think you, if you can right. cut out thank the middleman. Yes. Why not? Seriously. All right, thank you, Terry. I don't mean to be. No. Cheese grater on my brain. All right. Drop uh, off your ballots. <laughs> I don't even know. Here's the thing. Can I just tell you? I don't mean to sound like a jerk about it. I don't even know what we were talking about there. After about 30 seconds, I kind of just, uh, my my brain went elsewhere. Um, I sort of think, did I leave the iron on? Yeah, here's Tim Riley. I'd rather go back to talk about suicidal yeah, Uh Sarah Palin's doctor in Alaska says she's in excellent health with no known health issues that would interfere with her ability to function as vice president. It's a late date to be putting that information out of it, and pointless, by the way. Well, the McCain campaign released a summary of her medical history last night. They a said, summary. That's weird. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Kathy Baldwin Johnson said Palin has only been hospitalized for childbirth. She is 44 and has five children. She gave birth to her fifth child, son Trig, earlier last year. She had a breast biopsy in 1992, which turned out to be a benign lesion. Her vital signs, including blood pressure and pulse, have been normal. So, here's a, I don't really care, but I mean, why would they release a summary? You know what I mean? If you're going to release a summary, what's the difference? Why not just release the whole thing? Well, people don't read that much. No, I guess it's true. I mean, that's true. I really only read the headline and, like, whatever the poll quote is anyway. Who am I fooling? Here's Tim Riley. All right. So let's go back to these other things. Can't we go back to talking about postal workers, Tim? That was so much fun. Yes, I can. All right. Drop off your ballot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't trust everyone, though. No. Especially on Election Day. That's what I'm saying, Tim. So let's talk about uh, Washington State and Botox. Washington State, our neighbor to the north. Election officials are predicting an 83% turnout in today's election, and perhaps part of the reason is Oscar-nominated actress Virginia Madsen. You see, she's been involved in an unusual voter registration efforts with the makers of Botox and the League of Women Voters. Madsen said it started last year as she, her mother, and Allegan, the makers of Botox, did a nationwide Botox safety campaign. We'd have these events in different cities, and... You get three, four hundred women in a room, and we're going to start talking about the election. And so at that time, we thought, well, let's do it. Let's team up with the league because the League of Women Voters is nonpartisan. So uh, Madsen said uh, she and her Botox friends noticed a change in the national mood about six months ago. It wasn't just about being interested, it became about being involved. Mm -hmm. To see it firsthand from state to state, I'm so proud of this country. Whatever. Who is who is Virginia Madsen? Why do I know her? Uh, she's a Botox lady from Washington State. <laughs> but I mean, what? She must have done something else. Why would I? Why would I know her? She's Wait. an Oscar-nominated actress. From what? I don't know. Uh, I'm let's not see. a big Virginia Madsen follower. Hold on. Um, let's see. I'm scrolling through this. Was she in the hot spot? She might have been. 
What type of hot spot? I was was she in that movie, The Hot Spot with Jennifer Connelly, where everybody was all nude? Um, hey, she has one green eye, one uh, one brown eye. What's her name? Virginia Matthews. Virginia Matthews. Yes. Uh, I'm reading it from the thing. Oh wait, it's only a half brown eye. I swear to God, I'm reading it's that from the Wikipedia entry. Virginia Matthews only has half of Virginia Matthews only has half a brown eye. Oh, she was from Candyman. I uh, and Sideways. That's where I know her. She's from that. Uh, she's from that pretentious wine film with uh, Paul Giamatti. I never saw that. That's a terrible film. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't mean to bust it. Tim, did you see the movie Sideways? You probably liked it. No. That seems like the kind of movie you might like. Paul Giamatti is it's a bunch of pampered nitwit yuppies sitting around rhapsodizing about wine instead of getting jobs. Hmm. Um, so. Um, yeah, she was in. Uh, she was in Sideways. Here we go. Listen to this. I'm reading now from her Wikipedia entry, as they say. Virginia Match has one green eye and half a brown eye. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. Wait, there you go. Does she have one and a half green eyes and half a brown eye? I don't know. I'm, all I'm going to say is that's what sets our news coverage aside. You know, apart from everybody else. Everybody else talking about like hmm. issues and. Levies and so forth. I'm talking about a Virginia Mance. I got half a brown eye. I he guess is... that goes down on the resume as a special skill. Half a special skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is really hot, though. I'll give her that. Did you ever see Candyman? Kind of a gummy smile. What? Did you ever see Candyman? Long time ago. That's yeah. the, uh, that's the uh, you look in the mirror and you see Candyman and he comes and kills you or whatever, right? Is that the thing? No, where it's like it's in uh, Cabrini Green and like she goes in this. Yeah, the Candyman kills people, but I don't know. I remember I saw it when I was little and it really scared me. I only saw it once. I don't remember a whole lot about it. All right. You know, uh, Jim Roop grew up in Cabrini Green. Really? Indeed. That's where Jim Roop is from. Here's Tim Riley. So let's talk about this. The Black Panthers are accused of intimidating white voters from entering polling places oh, in Pennsylvania. Honestly, what doesn't intimidate white voters? I mean, it, oh, my God, they're out of Mocachino. The Philadelphia police were called after two Black Panthers, one holding a nice stick, attempted to block white voters from entering the building to vote. This voter, who's an Army veteran, was confronted when entering the building. As I walked up, they closed ranks next to each other. So I walked directly in between them, went inside and found the poll watchers. They said they'd been here for about an hour, and they told us not to come outside because a black man is going to win this election no matter what. Really? People are st- Really? This All might right. be some kind of Joe the Plumber type guy. I'm just, I, raise your hand if you believe this story is true. Are we really hearing a story right now? I got two more soundbites. A namby-ass white voter who... Tell me if I'm getting anything in the story wrong, Tim. He was intimidated. He was terrified. He's an Army veteran. No, 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 Tim, but you don't understand. There were black men outside. I mean... Did you say black men? Black. Yes. You can see his point. Jesus. He was fearful of a fight. This Army veteran. Uh Uh-huh. That he may be beaten by a black man. Whatever, Whitey. I, I, no one. I, I'm telling you right now. I'm just saying. I don't know for sure. I'm telling you right now. There's something about that story that rings a little, uh, rings a little backward B on my face. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Here's Tim Riley. He said the Black Panther obviously wanted to intimidate anyone who was not voting for Obama. Uh, just a guy standing in front of a polling place with a nightstick is an intimidating factor for all voters. You know, maybe little old ladies don't want to walk through that. Oh, Jesus. Behold, the average American nitwit. This is the last day for it, though. I mean, you know, but in a way, don't you, aren't you kind of sad about that? Here's why. And then we'll take a break. We'll come back and caught up more of your phone calls if you're on hold. Uh, hang on. Uh, I'm looking. Here we go on the screen. Look. No, no, no. Mailbox caller is wrong. Jesus. In a way, I'm kind of sad about it, though. As, my, as draining and exhausting and glorious and wonderful and terrible and awful and no good and very bad as this election has been, 
Um, and we're not even, I mean, look, we, whatever, seven and a half hours away from the polls even closing here. Um, here has been, and I think I speak for all of us in this room and perhaps some folks out there in Radio Land, this has been a great thing about this election. Don't you feel like this election has done one thing, if nothing else? We all know, and I think, Tim, you've touched on this. You have said specifically, you don't, you think baby boomers pose as a lot more tolerant yes. than they are. Yes. And I'm not saying the baby boomers didn't accomplish, uh, or at least in that era of American history, certain things weren't accomplished. They were, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of great strides in, in uh, you know, social equality and integration and progress and, you know, whatever, all of that. And nobody's denying that. But I think I, I, I agree with you when you say that, you know, baby boomers, just to use that group specifically, baby boomers would sort of have everybody believe that they are the greatest people who have ever lived, that they are without, uh, they are like Mary. They were born without sin. They have, you know, they have no flaws, no faults. They, the baby boomers are, in fact, the most tolerant, warm, loving, embracing of all different cultures uh, group of folks that has ever lived. And that they are without any sort of negative character flaws and that no baby boomer anywhere exists who has any degree of prejudice or bigotry within him. And that is just sort of the image of themselves that baby boomers have peddled. And I think we all know that that's not really true. And I know, Tim, you, you can speak more to that generation than I can, but you, you don't believe that that's the case. No, that I don't. It's a, you know, there's been a bit of, they're a lot more like their parents than they would ever want to admit. Correct. And I think that's true of America. They're halfway not like their parents, but not quite as far ahead as they should be. That's what I'm saying. So, again, I don't mean to be unfair. They're not as bad as their parents' generation were in some ways. But it is you have to split the difference. You do have to take it with a grain of salt because the, the baby boomers have been forever just a big PR machine for themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, even since they were kids. I mean, even when they were teenagers, the baby boomers have just been one big loudspeaker for their own greatness. And... You know, whatever. Um, they got all the best toys. It's true. And so, but the that, that same thing with the country, where the country, don't you think America, not that we haven't made a lot of strides, and again, we, we really have, but America, and they've been talking about this a lot in terms of the polls and this, you know, this Bradley effect they keep talking about, and just a lot of things. Um, you know, I, in California here, let's, well, don't get me wrong, I have gay friends, but I just don't want my children being... To, and people will sort of mouth that they are much more tolerant than they really are. And America likes to posture as a much more inclusive nation than it is that's all a long way of saying this this has been the one great thing about this election is that this election for just a few solid months now has really jarred the mask loose i think from a big section of america oh yeah and a lot of americans who go out every day and they pretend that they are uh, they get tolerant they pretend that they embrace everyone equally they pretend that they have no bigotry or prejudice within them you know, and they sort of present that face to the public. This election, I think, has, uh, to some degree, shown us the true face of a lot of America on on both sides. You know, on both sides, that there is intolerance. Uh, you know, and, and and not a little bit of division on either side of the aisle. But this election has really brought that into stark relief, and that has been illuminating. I would say, if nothing else, one need just to pick an example. One need only to look at those videos they were shooting of the crowd outside that McCain Palin rally, where there was that woman who. In 2008, and this is just me quoting here, that woman in 2008, and she wasn't like 100 years old. I mean, she was like 40. And she was saying, well, I don't know about, if oh, this is what she's, you guys saw this. With me. This was in, um, I forget, I was like in, in, in some, some, some red state somewhere. And she said, I think I, it was Ohio. I don't know if Obama wins. I'm afraid the blacks are going to rise up. And we were all here in the room watching this and thinking, well, okay. Now you know. I mean, right? That's You kind of know what's out there to some degree. 
Jesus. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, we have more from Tim Riley around the corner. If you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, somebody about voting machines. Somebody about, yes, ballots in the post office. Somebody about political advertising. Later on, we'll talk to Jim Roop, uh, as well as me. I forget if there's anybody else coming up. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, uh, Senior Radio Correspondent Dick Uliano, uh, as well as Senior Radio Correspondent James Roop, who is in Phoenix, Arizona right now, hanging out at what well, must be a whirlwind of activity, the John McCain campaign headquarters. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, we doing another uh, exit poll today, of course. Uh, more of your phone calls. Do the top five. Top five songs about naked ambition and the lust for power. Let's see, what else? Well, this is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth on KCMD Portland. Darn it, I'm still waiting for that Black Panther story. I, did I see you send you the... That I, uh, I'll see if I, uh, if I can get it. Somebody just sent it to me. It is... Uh, who sent this to me? Ron. So we just had this this news story. Where did you get the original story? Is it Metro? Where did you just get the uh, that original story uh, let's from? Let's see, that came from Metro. All right. So uh, Ron just sent me this. Let's see. Um, you'll never guess which news organization is reporting this, Tim. Fox? Why, how dare you, Tim? Yes, it's Fox. Mm -hmm. Um... So Fox, so he sent me this. This is from Philadelphia. Is that the same story you had, Philadelphia? Yeah, it's the Army veteran who says he called police to intervene when the Black Panthers confronted him. About, I have another bite here. As I came back outside to see, the nightstick turns around and he says, you know, we're tired of white supremacy. And he starts tapping the nightstick in his hand, at which point I said, okay, we're not going to get in a fist fight here. And I called the police. The police came and they removed the guy with the nightstick. So I guess the cops, so I'm looking at this photograph here. I have to tell. I don't know what photographer set this up. I don't know who composed the shot. It but, looks like some zany morning show. Doesn't it, doesn't it? Doesn't it look like some kind of? Uh, doesn't it look like a, like something from some some weird sketch comedy show? So look, because they've got the white guy like right in the foreground here, yeah. and then in the background. Are you kidding me? Seriously, and then in the background, there is a guy with a beret holding a big nightstick, and they're glaring at each other, and the composition of the shot. Doesn't that look staged? Doesn't it look like it's some sort of like uh, weird political theater? Mm -hmm. that, does, that does not look real. It's seriously, it, I mean, it looks... It, it's a reality show. It looks for all the world uh, like some sort of a one-off. It's like some, uh, you know, that it's like some kids in the hall sketch or something. It's gone terribly wrong. So, um, anyway, so there you go. So I guess that is from the city of brotherly love. Uh -huh. Philadelphia. I guess the cops came and they broomed everybody out, including the Fox News guys. I guess the Fox River then the cops are like, all right, uh, guy with a nightstick, move on. Fox, move on. White guy, move on. So, uh, all right, so there you go. By the way, oh, by the way, so I was just I was just looking this up at the Wikipedia. It is worth noting that the actual Black Panther Party apparently celebrated their 40th anniversary uh, two years ago. Uh, the youngest member was in fact 61. <laughs> so. I uh, I don't know who all's in this photograph. Here's Tim Riley. It's the best election day ever. Here's Tim Riley. It really is. So uh, Sarah Palin has been cleared of any wrongdoing in the investigation as to whether or not she abused her power by firing her state's public safety commissioner. She commented on the controversy while voting today. You didn't believe us. We wow. told you wow. that I had Whoa. done nothing wow. wrong in replacing the cabinet member 
and exercise my right, my responsibility to make sure that as governor I have the right people in the right places at the right time to serve Alaskans. You know what I want to do? I'm sorry, just back on the Black Panther, the alleged, the so-called Black Panther thing. Yes. Um, uh, two things here. Wait, where's the, I have an email about thing number one, and I have to stop and get some viso. Two things. One, I, I wish I'd sort of thought of this in advance. Just get a whole bunch of guys, who, uh, you know, like maybe just in sort of a, sort of with undergarments, but maybe in trench coats that make it look as though they have nothing else underneath, and just have them stand outside the polling place and just kind of stare at everybody and just kind of give them a... As everybody, just as they come in and out. You know, just for like a goof. Just to sort of, uh, you know, just sort of make everything kind of cookie. How about this? Uh, listener Seamus says, Rick, let me get this straight. Not only are squirrels interrupting the election, uh, the election process, but now Black Panthers... Nature really is out to destroy us and freedom. It's true. Here's Tim Riley. So two presidential nominees have taken their final steps in making their moves for gaining the White House. Private First Class Andre Donnell with the U.S. Army in Baghdad said there has been little debate amongst the soldiers as to who they'll be voting for. You know, there's still is debate, you know, even though we're out here deployed, um, you know, we're still just like anybody else. You know, we still have an opinion, and although we're supposed to keep to ourselves... I couldn't understand anything we said. I couldn't that. understand anything. Let's try the second one and see if that's understandable. Here we've got Armed Forces Network. You can watch CNN, other channels, and keep up to date. Who is this guy? An so Army guy. Keep us right. pretty informed out here. I got a lot of excess live in my mouth. Okay, well, that's old as nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of ill-formed syllables inside my head. I don't want to come out. So uh, John McCain speaks to crowds in his uh, final push this way voters. We need your help, and we will win. Volunteer, knock on doors, get your neighbors to the polls. I need your vote. We need to bring real change. He challenged Obama's experience. I've been tested. I've passed that test. Senator Obama has not. What test is this? Uh, during uh, the voting, Barack Obama joked about voting with his wife, Michelle, before boarding his campaign plane this morning. I noticed Michelle took a long time, though. I had to check to see <laughs> who she was voting for. He expressed pride at voting. When polls close, the journey ends. Uh, but voting with my daughters, uh, that was a big deal. By the way, first of all, he's being interviewed like inside a turban of some kind. We caught up with Barack Obama inside a wind tunnel. Uh, second, it is interesting that he did. This is one of the things that uh, guys in any kind of position of power do. Um, he did that thing of talking about his wife. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Michelle was in there a long time. I wasn't quite sure who she was voting for. Men who are powerful love to display this sort of inordinate and patently fake fear of their wives because they think it humanizes them. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. I mean, if you need to talk to some guy who's just like a pipe fitter. Uh, you know, uh, it, no, those guys don't have any of that at all. They don't take any guff from anybody. Wife doesn't take any guff from them. They don't take any guff from the wife. The richer you are and the more powerful you are as a man, the more likely you are to, to display some absolute, like, fake terror of your wife because you think it makes you look sort of, you know, like, you know, relatable to, like, you know, the common man. I'm just saying. That is true. No, you. I mean, that's you constantly. You'll see a guy, interview with some guy who's worth $5 skillion and who runs Halliburton. He'll go, well, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to check with a little lady. She's kind of a warden, you know. Uh, that would be true if it was John Kerry. I suppose that is true. And probably, in some cases, John McCain. I was going to say, and probably John McCain as well. Not so much, uh, not so much Bill Clinton. 
Uh, so Senator Hillary Clinton uh, cast her vote this morning. The former First Lady told a reporter she's at peace with the fact that her name is not on the ballot. Today, as a New Yorker and an American, I am excited about not only electing Barack Obama, but as your senator, serving with him, being a partner with him. As you can see, she's not bitter. <laughs> the personal um, honor and privilege I had of being a candidate for the presidency and coming very close to our nomination is something that I'll always uh, be very proud of. But today, as a New Yorker and an American, I am excited about not only electing Barack Obama, but as your senator, serving with him, being a partner with him. I really got to wonder, what is, that's a long soundbite. What is it that Hillary Clinton's going to do now? I mean, she goes back, obviously, and you know, finishes her Senate term, but I mean, what... She can bake cookies. I, I, uh, what is she going to do? I mean, you got to figure... Don't get me wrong, I love Hillary Clinton. You gotta figure her entire career was based on this one end zone, right? It was all, I mean, I really do believe that. I don't think it's a conspiracy or anything, but I think they're just an ambitious couple. Right. Ambitious couples do, and you know what? If you are. They're in, a great power couple. They really are, probably the definitive yeah, power. Would, would you say, say so. this? Would you say that they are the definitive power couple, yes. not just now, but probably in recent history? Yes. Because, I mean, you got families like the Kennedys, but that really is just a male, that's a patriarchy. That is a male enclave. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a more powerful couple. I mean, I guess you got some showbiz couples, but that's just on a wholly different level. That's that's just vastly inferior to the power you can wield in politics. So you got, you know, a couple of hooks up and they're in politics. And, of course, when you're in politics, the presidency is the end goal. That's it, right? That's the, that's the top, as John Lennon used to say, that is the toppermost of the poppermost. And so now, you know, Bill Clinton all the way, you know, elected once and then reelected. She made it to the Senate, and I think they, they just felt that it was within their grasp. That's got to be the thing is that... I think it would have been better if she almost had just been thwarted from the outset. Like if she'd been knocked out real early in the primaries, or she just never even won that Senate seat. You know, if Giuliani had somehow stayed in, because, you know, she got in because he, he got cancer and then she was running against what's-his-guts. Um, I think if she had just been if she had just been blunted off at the Senate run, I think it might almost have been better. But, you know, she must go home and just sit there and just stare into the mirror like the portrait of Dorian Gray, uh, just kind of looking and saying, well, there's my handbag. I could go to work. There's a bottle of sleeping pills. I could just, uh, I could just finish things. I, I just, I, I don't think she would. I don't. I don't know what she's gonna do. I really don't. I have no idea what is next for Hillary Clinton. She's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, she is a rather unique slice of American life. That mm -hmm. woman. All right. Oh, by the way, just somebody's telling me I haven't had a chance to watch it. Somebody's watched the uh, the YouTube video of uh, the alleged Black Panther there, and I guess at some point the the, the news people approach him and they go, "Hey, uh, you guy with." Guy with the nightstick, what's your deal? And apparently he does this full-on, like, John Lovett sort of, uh, I'm quoting here. He says, lots of ellipses. Apparently he says, uh, I'm, uh, I'm security. Pause. Yeah. Yeah, I'm security. <laughs> oh, man. That really does show, by the way, that there That's is been a, the best thing so far today. Really, there really is there really is weirdness and chicanery and double dealing on both sides of the aisle. I mean, Republicans. He could become the new Joe the Plumber. Let's Re find out what his name is. <laughs> Book him and let Bob the threatening guy with a nightstick. Uh, the Republicans really don't. The Republicans don't have a hammerlock on doing all kinds of strangeness on election day. They really don't. All right. Hey, doesn't your brother have a beret? All right. Uh, what about that? Your dad's on the nightstick. I don't know. What are you doing? Well, let's go to the let's go to the polls. All right, here's Tim Riley. So uh, Bill Clinton went out to vote today. Uh, the former president talked about the expected big win. 
think it'll be a big turnout. I think it'll be a big win, and not just in the presidential race, but I think we'll do quite well in the House and Senate races. And that's important, and it will send a signal that the American people want us all to cooperate and work together. Well, that's not true. They all do. He, was, he had me until the very end. It all kind of falls apart there. He talked about his wife's unsuccessful bid for the White House. It was uh, a little bittersweet, but I'm very, I'll always look back on this with great pride, what she did and how she did it. KCMD Portland. Voters in Brooklyn are having to wait several hours to cast their ballots. Where? In Brooklyn? Brooklyn, New York. And where did your sister vote? In, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn or in Manhattan? Uh, uh, she was in Brooklyn. She actually uh, voted at, in Greenpoint this morning, which is uh, near Williams. How long did you say the wait was for her? She said it took about 45 minutes. All right, that's not too bad. But, you, but again, there's people having to leave work, go there, go back to work, leave again. Uh, and I think that's going to get worse as it gets later on in the day. Because I think probably a lot of people, they do that thing of waking up and going, I had a vote, but I... And then they wake up again later on and they go, ah, oh, screw it, I'll just do it when I get off work. And then, of course, after work is when, and of course, it's raining here in Portland, yeah. which means it's just uh, the drop-off time has just got to be insane. Oh, do you want me to drop off your ballot Yes, I do, today? Sarah. Oh, no, you can mail it. Not a problem. <laughs> just drop it in the mailbox. It'll be delivered. Speaking of which, hi, you're on the uh, Magically team. It's going to fall through a wormhole. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is it me? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. Hi. Um... Good show. Uh, I, you were talking about yes. racism and stuff, and uh, and stuff. More well, so I, the and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we went to me and my girlfriend went to the bins in uh, Milwaukee, and we found a book called Mormonism, Mama and Me, and it basically outlines the whole racism. Wait, where? Did, hold on. Where? Where did you go? You know the Goodwill bins. Ah, yes. Okay. In in where Milwaukee? Yeah. Well, that is a hub of culture. So, what book did you find there? <laughs> Mormonism, Mama, and Me. Uh huh. And it basically describes the whiter you are, the better you are, and the more enlightened you are by God. And well, this is we should say that. that we should point out for your sake. This is not your opinion. This is something you saw in a book. Right, but it, it, the book also guarantees, uh, backed by a, an 1830s copy of the Book of Mormon, that you couldn't disprove anything that was written in it because it was all taught in the church and stuff. Well, I will say, and uh, that is, that's always the, uh, and that's always, well, by the way, the giveaway that something is absolutely true that's being taught in the church. We well, will, I was raised Mormon, and it was, it, it kind of made me sick to read it. So. Well, you will, I mean, you will, of course, know that the, uh, the Mormon church has what we will call a long and complicated relationship with the black community in America. Um, the, uh, I had no idea, because I was raised Mormon, and my mom made me watch Roots and Malcolm X and all that kind of stuff, and I just figured, you know, yeah, the uh, maybe, maybe she came, you know, out of this whole yes, the, revolution uh, with the Mormon tag on her. I will, I will say this: that uh, the Mormon, this this business of the measure eight or whatever it is in California, where the Mormon Church is done it, trying to clamp down on the gays, that is a uh, that is not the first time that the Mormon Church has been caught uh, with their hand in the intolerance pot. Let's no, put it that I, way. I, I don't yeah. doubt that in the least. Reading this book, I got thirty pages into it and I had to put it down. All right, book. thank you, sir. Anyway, speaking of that proposition, Proposition 8, spending, which includes both sides, has to pass $73 million. Uh, Let's see. Opponents of Proposition 8 have a slim lead in contributions as of Monday, having raised $37.6 million. Supporters of the ban on gay marriage have raised $35.8 million. You know, a lot of the stuff, and you know, like as always points out that in California, we do have a lot of listeners in California, uh, that it's, you know, they say yes uh, yes for no and no for yes. It's it's a little confusing because if you vote yes, Mm -hmm. you are voting no on gay marriage rights. If you are voting no. And really, can I just say this? I mean, look, I don't even, um, I don't live in California, so I, I can't vote in. It, whatever. 
But doesn't it seem like in 2008 we ought to be past the point where we're voting on anything that removes any right from anybody? I mean, really, is that where we are as a country? That we're actually now taking not just stalling, where it's not just like an actual sort of torpor or, or apathy. We are now actually proposing in California to vote to actually start removing rights from things. So, I mean, let's just... Uh... Well, they get in the way. <laughs> Damn it, Tim! It's like, you know what it is? It's like, uh, Tim, it's like buying a, it's like buying a new handheld uh, phone or a laptop and realizing there's too many features. You know what I mean? Or like, gonna get some, uh, you get your new TiVo and there's just too many buttons on the remote. If you, you sort of look, here's what it is with that measure eight thing. I guess it's what it is. That I think social... Richie, for the love of, I'm not chastising you for this. No one is ever allowed to call the show again about ballots and mailing and boxes and the post office. Sweet as a fat. Just, we're moving on. I don't care if we're wrong. I don't care if we couldn't be more wrong. I don't care if we are Prince Wrong of Wrongonia. We're not talking about it anymore. Stop it. The ma- they already picked up the goddamn mail anyway. Doesn't matter. Even if we, even if we were right, it doesn't matter. What They've already the- come for the mail. The mailman came at 2. The mail is gone. If you put it in after 2, it's not going to make it. Jesus, walk the 30 feet to the nearest drop-off box, you sons of bitches. All right. I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, well, I'm just being truthful. I'm just saying. The mail at two, you put in at three, it's not going to make it. Don't you get the feeling that though in California where they're, they're trying to put this thing, where they put this thing in about trying to pass this thing to get rid of gay marriage, that I think what it must be is there must just be a bunch of, you know, the typical group of old people and tight asses and blue hairs. In who, Orange County. Who are, yeah. And where they, it's like, it's like those people who look at a cell phone and it's way too complicated. So what do they, they go to the farmer's almanac and they, they buy that phone that just has the one big button that says send. And the button that says hang up and it makes a dial tone and there's no other buttons at all. That's, I think, how it is for those folks in California. Because they look and they go, there's just too many rights. I don't know, it's so complicated. I don't even know what's legal and what's... We need to start removing these rights immediately. So I think that's what's happening. But uh, it does, it's interesting also to note that a lot of the money that has come to defeat that anti-gay proposition has come from companies. Uh, you know, companies overseas, not even companies in America. Yeah. Uh, a lot of companies from around the world have pitched in. And I know Apple uh, computers, I think Apple kicked in like a hundred grand for that. So, anyway, so we will be watching that very closely as the day unfolds. And by the way, like us, of course, Tom like us on this station three to seven is live from Los Angeles. Uh, and I know that he will, in fact, be talking about this uh, all afternoon long. So, you'll be listening to like us. Here's Tim Riley. So, getting back to this, uh, let's see. Some lady who was pregnant. Said she had to uh, stand in line three hours to vote. People have been very nice, and they got me a chair, and that was very nice. And it's a very important election, but um, it has not been pleasant. Well, maybe it will. This man figures it'll take him four hours. This is off the charts. I was in and out on February 5th, and here we started out at that poll about two hours ago, and here we are about 50 feet <laughs> It is impossible to avoid stress on election day, says Cleveland Clinic psychologist Dr. B. It might be a nice idea, but I think realistically candidates inflame our emotions. They know that negative campaigns work much better than positive campaigns. Negative campaigns are designed to appeal to our emotion. I'm sorry, I'm just busy sorting through my uh, busy sorting through my email here. Uh, just deleting everything that says mail or mailbox or postal. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. No offense. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey. Hi. Well, this is Steve, your first caller. You yeah. guys had fun at my expense. You know what? Steve, what back. caller? Huh? Uh, what? First caller of the day. Oh, wait. Are you the guy that called in and put an X on your ballot? Yes. All right. Fantastic. All right. Let me, let me tell you what I just did. And yes. And a little bit more fodder for you guys to play with. Um, By the back, way, just hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
Right. People who don't remember, so you actually, uh, so you actually snuck on today as the first caller, and I'm glad that Richie has decided to have you update us on this because you actually put an X instead of your name. You scribbled. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm missing anything. You also scribbled out the barcodes on the side of your ballot. Correct. Did you do anything else? Well, there's numbers alongside it, and across. Did you get rid of those too? Non-legible. Right. You had to speak in Pig Latin. <laughs> Maybe wear some sort of a cloak over your face. Well, you know, I know you guys were having fun at my expense, but so I went back to my uh, my place of residence, yes. got my roommate's voting pamphlet, mm -hmm. went ahead and made a bunch of copies, filled it out numerous times, and went and dropped them off at, with no problem. Because remember, I was telling you there was they're not asking for ID. Richie, thank you so much for letting this call through, there and I mean that sincerely. Oh, I don't mean that sarcastically. Hold on, hold on a second. There's a write-in. No, just hold on. Okay. Richie, I don't mean that sarcastically. I know sometimes it can be tough to discern when I'm being truthful and when I'm not. Thank you from the very heart of my bottom for letting this call. So let me understand this. So you not only uh, signed your name with an X, you not only crossed out all the numbers and barcodes on your ballot, you went home to your place of residence, you found your roommate's ballot, you photocopied it. How right. many times, which is how many copies of your roommate's ballot would you say you made? You know, we won't go there. Let's just put it this way. Uh, I could probably teach a class on how to vote and elect the person you want. No, I'm going to ask you this one time, and uh, I expect that you will be an honorable man. We will yes, speak sir. here I as will men. Be honorable for you. All right, now I, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to be honest with me. Be straight with me, dude. Now, are you are you fibbing, or is this story true? It's true. And so, the reason it's true is because I was upset they didn't ask for ID. I'm making a point. Let's go around the room here. Sarah, Tim, thoughts yeah. on this? Do we believe that this story is true? Tim? Not this one. You don't believe that this story well, is I've true? Well, I've never been asked for my ID when I've dropped off my phone. Right, so you believe that uh, earlier when this guy called up and said that he had X'd out or he put an X for his name and that he crossed the barcodes, you believe that part of it, Tim? Yes. Now, you do not believe Steve's claim that he Xeroxed his, uh, his roommates. Well, first of all, how could you do that? Because it's oddly shaped, sir. Oh, I, well, it, I... Yes. Form fitted it to it. No, you're, no see, it this is your story. Besides, they don't look at this that. This story is falling apart here. It's, it's falling well, apart no. at the threads. It goes in an envelope. You fold it up. They don't pull it out and inspect your. Uh, they don't inspect what you fold. They don't actually look at that ballot. It just goes right into the. It goes right into the nut incinerator. So, Tim, what are you going to do on the third phone call? Well, try and wake you guys up. No, I'm sorry. All right, now we've we've called shenanigans on this. You'll be screened out. Well, you now. go right ahead, but I'm I'm telling you, that's what I did. And I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> on some of the write-ins, there's a little bit of Rick uh, Emerson written in there. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. All right, there you go. Did we think, ask for any of this today? No, no. No. I think your filter's off today a little How bit because you you let, you're letting the crazy ramble too long. You know, but and I that's think that's happened was, like four times. I think there was some humor there. I think there was some comedy in that, and I frankly couldn't tell if he was telling the truth or not. You you think that he's that the first his thing about putting an X for his name that had to ring a truth to me. This one I don't really know, but you think that he's uh, pulling our lariat with his second story because he was very careful. Right. And spoke a lot slower this time. As though he had prepared this story in advance or had mm -hmm. worked on memorizing certain mm -hmm. details for the ring of uh, yes. for the ring of authenticity. Mm -hmm. and remember, that, you know, a good lie is all about the details, Tim. That's well, you know, right. here's, here's how we'll know. Uh, we'll know if I go upstairs later and if there's some guy from the county board of uh, elections at the front desk wanting to know exactly who called us about that. And then if we see him being uh, beaten by the police later. So. All right. Or a Black Panther. <laughs> one, one more. Um... 
Uh, one more, and then we'll do more news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, I just wanted to call about the – have you seen the Jeff Merkley ad? You know, there ought to be a group of gay militants called the Pink Panthers. <laughs> what? Have you seen the uh, Jeff Merkley ad, the uh, negative one with the blank check for the Democrats? Wait, is this an ad uh, against or for Jeff Merkley? It's against. Uh, wait, you're telling me now there's, a, there's an ad, that, a dirty attack ad that is against Jeff Merkley? Well, all it says is that uh, it's giving a blank check to the Democrats. Yes. Because it's, I think it's from the Republicans, and they're basically saying – Pretty much lost the uh, the race for Barack Obama, and if you vote Jeff Merkley and you're giving a blank. Oh, check. so you're so you're saying that? They, and keep in mind that I don't see most ads only because I have a TiVo, and so I kind of skip right past that stuff. I really rely on my my wife is sort of a reverse call screener. You know how Richie is there to sort of theoretically weed out the uh, you know the nutcases and the tedious, and then we yeah. just get the cream of the crop. My yeah. wife is you know that doesn't always work. Um, my wife, though, was like a reverse of that in terms of commercials. In other words, I don't watch a lot of TV commercials. Again, I just kind of blow past it. My wife, though, watches a lot of the commercials because she'll be in the kitchen or she'll be elsewhere. You know, she just she likes to just watch commercials as just sort of she just finds a lot of them fascinating and hilarious. And, you know, she just from a sociological perspective, she likes to see exactly what commercials are saying about us as a people. Anyway, the long way of saying she'll watch them. And then if there's something especially weird or, you know, or awful or hilarious incendiary, she'll actually save it on the TiVo and show it to me. So I've seen some of those. I haven't seen this one, but it, it does echo something that we've actually heard that a lot of the ads recently have been like, well, look, we know Barack Obama's going to win, but let's try to at least save the Senate for the love of God. I mean, that's kind of the thing you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's yeah. not the only thing either. Is that, uh, they, they say we saw what happened last time that, you know, we gave so blank check to somebody. It's like, well, you messed up your own. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pretty bad. Yes, we I ended mean, up $900 billion dollars in debt. All right. Yeah. It's a, it's All right. A, thanks. A, thank you. All right. I don't know that it's my screener that's off today, Sarah. I think that here's the thing. I think my screener is just being over... Not Richie. I mean, my actual mental screener. Just being overwhelmed. Don't you think? That could be it. Because it's not just that there's... The, would you, I mean, I would say normally there's a ratio of maybe 8 to 2, 80 to 20 in terms of normal callers to crazy callers. I, most of the time... Don't I would, forget, crazy people took the day off today. That's right. I would say... Uh, and they're drunk. I would say that most of the time, about 80% of the callers are, you know, some shade of normal. About 20% are flat-out nuts. But here's the thing. Today, I think there was a little bit of temporary craziness infecting about half the population. So I think today you got the normal 20% of the callers who are crazy or otherwise sort of uh, amusing. And then I think you got the other half of the people who are actually just temporarily cra uh, crazy for today, which is why it's sort of defeating all of our built-in sort of uh, the mental, mental avoidance systems. Um, all right. And you know what? And as fast as we take calls, the crazy people fill them back up again. No offense. Hello. Speaking hi. crazy. Here I am. Hello. Hi. The hey. very concept of an electronic voting machine fills me with white-hot thermonuclear rage, and I'll tell you why. If one is concerned about people not being, you know, being too retarded to use a simple pen and a simple paper ballot to mark a simple X in a box, then e-voting machines should be used only as printers. And then you take the printed thing and you count that. And that way you do an end run around all the fraud. What do you think of that, Rick? What? Come on. No, no, no. I'm a, no I did, look, I mean, how hard is it to is just... George? Yeah. How is it, Hi, Sarah. How hard Hi, is George. it to just, you know, put an X next to something and there you go. Done. Damn. Damn. straight. In, in Canada, they count like 150, they count like uh, 13 million ballots in, in four hours. You know how People they do know it? how to count in Canada. They don't By hand. You know, that's, you know what they do? It's exactly true. So you know what they list. do in Canada? They have the names, you put an X next to it, and two people in a room yeah. with one person observing mm -hmm. who is nonpartisan. I think there was one uh, there was one from each side of the aisle and then there's a nonpartisan observer. 
Two people sit in a room and they count the ballots by hand with an observer, and then they count them all again, and they keep doing that until they get the same number That's twice right. in and, a row. And no one room or precinct is more than 500 votes, so it takes like less than an hour. That's what I'm less saying. Less than and an so, hour. And so I'm saying, you know, if you if you think that they they can't handle the chads or they're scared about the lineups, just print out the goddamn receipt and then count that and leave the computer out of there. Oh, and by the way, if if you don't like gay marriage, don't be gay and don't get married. God damn it. <laughs> wow. How many more hours left in the program? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you're broadcasting all night tonight. Well, that's true, You too. didn't play his sounder, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Um, I was going to say done and done, but it's really only done and not done. Oh, we're far from done. Jesus. Welcome now to the Rick. I'm so sorry he had to hear all of this unpleasantness. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, <laughs> CNN Radio Correspondent Dick Giuliano. Hey, oh, Dick, man. I'm not going to follow that. Here's a question. Is it crazy where you are? Uh, it's kind of calm. We have sort of the calm before the storm. I'm at the CNN Center in Atlanta, yeah. and they've ordered the pizza, and they've put up uh, uh, red, white, and blue bunting around the uh, conference room. So we're all set for a big election night. Can I tell you that I love the word bunting? I don't even really know. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know what it describes. I mean, I know that that is a certain kind of decoration. Yeah. Whence does that uh, term derive? What is it? Bunting? Is that like a bunt cake? Are they two I, different things? You know, things? it must be something really old. I don't know. You know, it's the it's the it's the red, white, and blue thing that kind of oh. drapes. It's sort of what a half circle. Yeah, it's just sort of an interesting bunting. bunting yeah. Bunting. It's a fun yeah, word. Never really thought about that. Uh, yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't I don't even I don't even know at this point because the polls are still. It is now four. 15 on the East Coast. So I guess at this juncture, I don't know how CNN handles it in terms of you guys doing a, you know, the, the exit polling, or do you wait on that? I mean, does the exit yeah. polling from you guys start immediately? Well, you, you, this is a good question. We're going to get access to exit polling after 5 o'clock Eastern time, but it'll be up to the, uh, uh, you know, the CNN suits right. uh, as to which election can be called when. They're going to, you know, the thing is, CNN is going to want to be competitive. We, you know, we want to be first, but we want to get it right. So they'll make decisions, uh, I guess, on a case-by-case basis, depending on uh, whether they think it's reliable, you know. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, if if we get exit polling results and we're allowed to report who we think is the winner, as they come in, you we're going to get a very clear picture early on as to how the night is going to go because early on uh, at 7 o'clock Eastern, the polls will be closed in Virginia and Indiana, right. and these are kind of key states. I mean, if Obama wins there, then it, you know John McCain is going to have a rough night. Um, and so here's something the McCain campaign has been saying over the last day or two, and I'm going to ask you, in your, in your objective opinion, if this is true, the McCain campaign has said that they believe exit polls always lean disproportionately yeah. left. Now, do you? Is there any? Um, is there any actual hard yes. data to support that? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. You know, and especially I think it would occur this time around, Rick. The thing, what the, the hard data that, that they have on that is they have uh, they've basically found in exit polling that Democratic voters tend to. Uh, participate in exit polling more than Republican voters do. I don't know why that is, but uh, Republican voters uh, have more of a tendency to blow these people off right. when they're coming out of the uh, the election booth. I guess the way some people would blow off, uh, um, you know, the um, marketing phone calls at your house. You know, people don't want to be bugged. But Democratic voters uh, do tend to participate in this more. Now, think about it this year when you've got really enthusiastic Barack Obama 
voters, hey, they'd be really happy to tell you, hey, yeah, yeah. I voted for Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah, I want to tell you all about it. So, yeah, so the McCain people are suggesting, hey, go easy on proclaiming winners based on the exit polling because uh, it might not be completely accurate. You may have more Democrats, uh, you know, proportionately than you have Republicans. I really, I really will say that just anecdotally, I can say that that is true because, for example, my mother-in-law, who is uh, very conservative, let's mm -hmm. say, I know that, it, you know, she's probably going to be asked when she leaves the polling place in Utah today, and the person say, pardon me, can I ask you? And she'll just tell the guy to cram it, probably, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, yeah. back to the car. Meanwhile, uh, any number of my, uh, my friends who, uh, let's say, uh, lean a little uh, progressive, they'll be more than happy just to blather on and and on and on and freaking on about it. So I that does actually make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, so there, there might be something to that. And also when you consider that a huge portion of Barack Obama's supporters among young people, young people may be more prone to participate, whereas older folk... Uh, you know, might just not have the time of day for something like that. All right. Now, is it when CNN does this? Is it somebody with a clipboard, a camera, a microphone? What is the who do they who are they actually with, talking to? There are people with clipboards. It's a consortium. It's a group uh, uh, that represents all the networks: CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox. All of them together. We pay for this. Uh, and uh, that uh, data is put into a computer, quickly compiled, and provided to us for a fee. Um, right now, we are, again, it's about the 4, uh, 419, 420, something like that, on the East Coast. Where are Barack Obama and John McCain right now? Do we know? Uh, yeah. Um, John McCain, sort of breaking tradition, has been campaigning today. He went into Colorado. He has one more stop in New Mexico. You don't usually see that on Election Day. And Barack Obama dashed into uh, neighboring Indiana. He's now home in Chicago. And Barack Obama is doing satellite interviews from his home, hitting battleground states, which I think is kind of interesting, too, when you think about it. The longest presidential race in modern history, 22 months, and really the first one that I know of in modern history where they're campaigning on Election Day. Right. These guys just don't want it to end. Well, you know, and it, it does sort of go back to, I think it was Bill Clinton in the New Hampshire primary. It was literally out there as the polls were getting ready to close in, it is walking up and down the street in the rain just to, to say like come on and get come on go vote please come on so make i mean really all politics have become uh very very retail as they say yeah these uh, guys love it and tim riley a news director has noted that mccain was out until 2 a.m apparently so man they went through seven states yesterday on that mccain plane yeah. and how about sarah palin she flies all the way up to anchorage alaska drives 40 miles to wasilla to vote and then turns around back to the airport to fly to Arizona to be with McCain tonight. You know, people do really, they sometimes compare being a political candidate to being on the road as maybe, you know, a rock star or something. Right. But it's actually, it's, it's even more grueling than it that. It is. I mean, because it's every single day. There are no days off. And again, you're doing this insane five states in four hours thing or whatever. So yeah, I it, did some of that in my younger days. Oh, man, it's got to it's gotta age people. I mean, it must. It must just, you must just age in dog years when you're doing something well, like that. Well, except one campaign I was on was really cool, Dukakis as vice president, Lloyd Benson, and he was sort of a patrician, gentrified Texan, yeah. and he didn't want to do so much of that, so they called it the Champagne Campaign. We just did a couple of events today and stayed in Four Seasons Hotels. I'm just, you know, when you talk about Lloyd Benson, I'm just picturing Lloyd Benson sitting around in a suit of unbleached linen drinking a mint julep. That's it. A mint julep with, with a cane, and just sitting there going, so then, Dick, what shall we talk about today? It was a great campaign to yeah. cover. Hey, who do you favor in the Derby, sir? <laughs> All right. Dick Uliano, always a pleasure, my, my friend. My pleasure. All right. There you go. There you go. Fantastic. You know, if I can make that guy laugh, it's a good day. You were the highlight of his day. You know, hey, that's what I do. Um, let me just read a couple of these emails. 
this one says, let's see, subject line here. Uh, Rick, make up your freaking mind. At 11.05, you said call about whatever you want. At 1.05, you said, for the love of God, no more mailbox ballot calls. <laughs> I love your Election Day meltdowns. Best show ever. Chad. All right, let's see. Um, how about this? How about Steve? Steve. Rick? You, didn't we used to have a thing about callers named Steve? Because weren't they always just jackasses? No offense to anybody. Yeah, I think years ago. Didn't we used to have, like, one of the first, when we first came back on the radio, year, three years ago now, some, like, when the first guy out of the gate, some guy named Steve was like, Rick, I'm Rick, and he was just, some guy was all jacked up about how we were immoral or awful or something. Um, anyway, he says, Rick, you and I, they may have accepted Steve's ballot, but you and I both know they ran it through the shredder the minute he walked out the door. <laughs> oh, I hope he goes back to try to do it again. How about this? Um, Lick. Uh, Lick. Rick. <laughs> the, act of, the act of accepting a ballot at a drop-off. You know what it is? It's we've been so busy, I haven't had to have any more coffee. So I have my caffeine this morning. I'm dangerously low on caffeine and Viso because we've just been going, going nonstop here. Uh, the act of accepting a ballot at a drop-off does not constitute counting it. Were these fools born yesterday? Yes. How about this one? Rick, if Steve's story is true, what does he think they're going to do with these ballots? Hey, look at this, Flo. Eight shoddily copied ballots. We better get these counted ASAP. <laughs> and black lines from the old Xerox machine running through the middle of them? Even if, it's some, even if it's some machine that reads them, it won't be able to, especially considering he ruined the barcodes. For the love of sweet zombie Jesus, people are stupid. And then finally this one. Rick, how about voting and intelligence? I love the mail-in voting policies of the Pacific Northwest. It used to be that illiterate and or stupid people were prevented from voting through intelligence tests that were deemed unconstitutional. I'm so glad the idiot caller that signed his name with an X effectively screwed himself out of a vote. God bless America. Nelson, at home to celebrate our fading republic. All right. It really is. A, we're all going to remember where we were today. Remember this day and we're forever. Just, we're just getting started. Oh, man. We have a long day to go. 125. Oh so how are we going to do this? How are we going to pick votes? Are what we just going to pick names that we like? Uh, if you think the fellow is, is good looking or the lady. Yes, I know beautiful. one that I think is good looking. I'm voting. Those are the ones you choose. Okay. That's how it works. Well, you know, can I tell you this? All right, Rick, so I will vote for, um, what's his face? Who, who's the guy that you were voting for? The hot dog guy? The sheriff guy? Muhammad. Muhammad, I'll vote for Muhammad if you vote for Alan Ali for treasurer. Um, let's see. Let me just tell you this. Uh, two things. One, I'm going to read an email, and then I'm going to tell you a story, uh, which uh, started out today, kind of unrelated, but now they are related. I'd like to hear a story at this point. This email says, Rick, CNNI report. Listen to this. I swear to God I'm reading this. This is from CNNI report, which, of course, they're online. Uh, thing. CNNI report just showed an undecided voter who filmed herself. Wait for it. Flipping a coin to choose for her. If you cannot decide for yourself in this matter, you should not vote, breed, or live a long life. Uh, note, uh, she voted for Obama because heads came up. Uh, you know, I have, failed, uh, I have failed the audience today. You know how? We should have asked that Steve guy who we voted for. Oh, we had two I chances. I was surprised that you didn't. That well, he wanted to keep his ballot secret. That was the point of this whole thing. Oh, that's true. He probably wouldn't have told us. Very, very, very rarely. It takes a lot. Are you asking for the third call? No, no, I'm not. And I will say this. Very, and it was well done on Richie's part. Richie had to make a judgment call. Very, very rarely will we ever let somebody through twice in the course of a show. Um, you know, you gotta, you know, he's gotta make room for. Because otherwise, then you sound like a sports show. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you, otherwise, you sound like one of those. Not that I'm thinking of any sports show in particular. You sound like one of those shows where it's a whole lot of. Uh, hey, 
this is this is John, Philadelphia. Hey, John, how are the bunions? Oh, they're fine. Uh, I called you yesterday about the Rams. Great, yeah, the Rams. What are you calling about today? Well, I was just here having some jerky, and I wanted to uh, I want to talk about the uh, I want to talk about the Chargers today. Well, that's great. How's your sister? She's wonderful. And it's you know it's like the same three guys that call the sports host every single day. Um, so it takes a lot for us to allow a duplicate caller on, you know, like twice in the show. Richie really did make the right judgment call there. Steve, you're not getting on a third time. Don't even try. Phones are busy. I'm looking right now. As soon as a line hangs up, it fills again. But in the slim chance you can get through, you're not getting on. Oh, do you want him? Okay, because I gave Richie the pep talk about one time a day. Yeah. No, no, no. I will say this. That is almost always true. Richie did make the right judgment call by letting him on twice, but we're not going to do it a third because... Who cares? Because he lost. The thing it's is, just like this is when Joe the Plumber things start to happen. Like you give somebody a little too much attention, and all of a sudden right. he's going to be a Now he's going to get a manager, and he's going to end up on SNL. We're doing yeah. a record with Aaron Tim. Then we're going to be really jealous. Well, but and the other thing is, I would you know here's the thing. I would have almost gotten his number and called him back several more times today if he had not been lying in that second call. Mm-hmm. The first call where he described putting an X and crossing it out, I believe that. I think that happened. Yes. When he called back and he's like, and then uh, then I done photocopied uh, my roommate's ballot. And uh, then I took it, and uh, what I did is I dipped some earthworms in paint, and I let the earthworms done to wriggle all over the top of it and fill it out, and then I sealed it up, and then I put it inside a sarcophagus for three years, and then I dropped it off. Uh, that call, the second call, was so obviously just full of lies that there's no point. He, 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 you know, he lost his shot with us here. But that being said, this morning, I was somewhere this morning. Uh, it was not. I don't want to impugn anybody. It was not at that place where I do my outside television project okay. that I can't discuss. Uh, it was not there, and I, and I mean that sincerely. They, they seem like fine, intelligent, upstanding people. I was somewhere else this morning, though, and there was, I walked into a room this morning somewhere else, and there was actually, I inter- did you ever do the thing where you come in the middle of an argument? Not like a heated argument, but it's clearly some people bickering back and forth, and I, this is absolutely true. I walked into a room someplace this morning, and there was a little bit of a back and forth tiff happening between two people, one of whom, I swear to you, was saying he was just going to vote by flipping a coin. And the other guy was saying, I, you can't, fl- I will not allow that. And you got the feeling that guy number two was going to, like, wrestle the ballot out of his hand. But guy, this is absolutely true. Guy number one this morning in this other place where I was, was he, he apparently had just announced it. They were like, hey, everybody, I'm going to vote by flipping a coin. Come watch me. Uh, and the guy number two was like, you can't, jackass, don't vote by flipping a coin. And when I left, it was still unresolved. So that guy might have already, he might be flipping the coin as we speak. I just don't know. All right, here's Tim Riley. And then we'll address Sarah's question of how we're going to vote here in a bit. Here's Tim Riley. Well, all the crazy people are out today, as we well know. Mm-hmm. Our dispute over a pet cat has ended in a murder-suicide. This happened in Florence, Oregon. A dispute about a pet cat has escalated into a murder-suicide in the rural part of Lane County. Teddy Sellers died at a Eugene hospital for gunshot wounds after a dispute with his neighbor, Guy Frazier. Frazier believes Sellers had injured his cat... Frazier confronted Sellers on the street about the incident, and a shot was fired, striking Sellers in the head. The two men lived alone and next door to each other. Investigators believe the two had an ongoing dispute over uh, trespassing and cats. A postal carrier saw the injured Sellers and alerted authorities. Sellers was taken by air ambulance to Eugene, where he died of his injuries. By the way, uh, somebody, uh, Christian Bowie has clarified here. It wasn't Steve, it was Dan. That Dan was the cursed name for us for a while, where we hated... That's true. Dan. Dan. There was a period of about a year where if, uh, if your name was Dan, we just hate... The default setting was to hate you. Like, we hated you from... from and you had to earn your way back. 
Uh, just out of the gate, we disliked you. You were coming from you know position of a yeah, disadvantageous position with us, and you had to really show us that you weren't a, a jackass. Uh, it is because of a listener named Dan who questions who questioned Tim's accuracy with the news. So there you go. And that, of course, doesn't uh, we don't hold with that. Mm-hmm. Here. No, we don't del- no. Yeah. Only we don't, one person can win that argument. I don't take kindly to folks who don't take kindly. Here's Tim Riley. Overweight women are more likely to have sex with a man. A study at the University of Hawaii surveyed 7,000 women up to 44 years of age. 92% of those had bodily mass index above 25. They had plenty of sex, they say. Well, that's great, Tim. Thanks for letting me know about that. For those considered normal weight, it was 82 This just in, gigantic whales are humping it out constantly. Earlier studies have suggested that larger women had a lower interest in such things. Researchers said that BMI was a factor independent of other things, such as age, race, and location. The analysis demonstrates that overweight women do not differ significantly in some of the measures of sexual behavior compared to women of normal weight, says Dr. Bliss Keneshiro. Really? Dr. Bliss Dr. is Bliss. talking about women having sex? Yes. The study uh-huh. indicates that all women deserve diligence and counseling. Diligence. Mm-hmm. Is diligence like when she's really hard to satisfy and you just got to, you know, like you got to just dig in your heels? <laughs> I suppose so. Sorry, honey. Hold on. I, uh, I'm i going to need to get some Gatorade. Just stay there. Hold on. Um, so is this the same story that goes, I think I read a variation on this. Is this the same story that goes on to note, though, that overweight guys don't get laid at all? No, it doesn't mention guys. Okay. Then there was a longer version of the story that uh, uh, someone upstairs and I were talking about this <laughs> earlier in the week. I won't identify him because it was a, uh, a discussion of uh, human sexuality in the workplace. So uh, we were talking about the story, and the, and the story was, yeah, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how fat you are as a woman, mm-hmm. you were still getting a lot of sex. Fat guys, not so much. I mean, unless there were mitigating factors, you know, like you were uh, like you were rich or famous or you know whatever. Um, and it really, it has nothing to do with physiology or chemistry. It just means that no matter how unappealing you are as a woman, for whatever, you could be in a burn unit. It doesn't matter. There's some guy. It was like, uh, all right, okay, hold on, you know, who will come over and, uh, you know, and F you. That's just it. Whereas if you're a, it's a big, huge tub of a guy, uh, your, your pool of sexual partners, I would imagine, is necessarily finite. So, so really, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's sort of nice in a, in a funny way. It's sort of non-judgmental. You know what I mean? No matter what you look like as a woman, there is a guy out there who will, uh, you know, who'll give it to you. Well, you can read a lot of stories, uh, something like that, in Parade Magazine's new Healthy Style magazine that comes out today in the Oregonian. Now, is this in addition to Parade yes, Magazine, is. or is it taking the place of Parade no, Magazine? No, this is in addition to it. It even describes in detail how it took one woman to prescribe Vaseline to an entire town in the harshness of Kodiak, Alaska. What? Are it's we a... back on the fat people having sex thing? I don't know. I'm, I'm not familiar with her weight, but the title... Sorry, we need to prescribe Vaseline to this entire it town. It took one woman to prescribe Vaseline to an entire town. In the harshness of Kodiak, Alaska, you share something if only you believe in it. Well, Petal Rush tested the new Vaseline prescription moisturizer... Then prescribed it to anyone who needed it. What are you talking about? It's one of the articles in the new Parade Magazine Healthy Style. Is this like if the regular Parade Magazine just isn't enough? It's just not satisfying you and you need more? Deborah Messing's Healthy Real Life Tips and Staying Happy, Free, Strong, and Getting Charged Up. Hey, uh, just a final thing here, then we'll break. We'll come back. More news, phone calls. Can I just tell you how badly uh, I want to violate that Marilyn Voss Savant woman? You know what I'm talking about? She does that word column, that smarts column in Parade Magazine. She's got an IQ of like 350. I don't read parade. You want to violate her? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, in a sexy way. (laughs) (laughs) Get the Vaseline. All right. Is this a moving violation? What? 
It would be some kind of moving violation. I suppose so. I don't think that means what you think it means. Oh. All right. Take a break. If you're on hold... Well, you're on hold. What can I do? Uh, we'll come back and get more of your calls around the corner. More from Tim Riley. Coming up later on, Jim Roop, an exit poll. You tell Sarah and I how to vote. And we have the top five songs about the naked lust for power. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. And so it went for generations, although few, if any, seem to notice. But in the year 2005, in a military base just outside of Washington, D.C., a simple army librarian was unknowingly about to change the entire course of human history. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, here are the kind of election stories that we don't like. Things are going well in Florida. Oh, damn it. And in Florida, of all... Yep. It too, Florida. It too. There have been no significant problems reported what? from polling places across Florida. I'm not playing the sound out of protest. I'm really unhappy that they seem to have things in hand down there. That is not right. That is not my America, Tim Riley. Well, there are other things going on in Florida beside the election, including this story. Boyfriend dies and stabbing over pizza. Dateline, Green Acres, Florida. Authorities in Green Acres said a woman fatally stabbed her boyfriend over a frozen pizza. Green Acres. Ah, never mind. Antoinette Geiks faces a murder charge. Antoinette Geiks? Really? Yes. I don't know why that, that name is fantastic, but it is. They found her 22-year-old boyfriend on the kitchen floor of the home in which they shared. Geiks said during an argument she grabbed a pair of scissors from the boyfriend after he started to cut plastic from a frozen pizza. She said she then began swinging wildly when the boyfriend placed a chokehold on her. That's when uh, she stabbed him. It's unknown whether she wanted pizza or not, but apparently she didn't. Does it specify the kind of pizza? I mean, frozen, but does it give a, a brand? Well, it says he was beginning to cut the plastic from the frozen pizza, and that's what set her off. Oh, so she wasn't angry because she wanted to eat the pizza? She was angry because the pizza was made? I don't understand. I, I, what I don't was the that, nature? I don't of the... think that she wanted the frozen pizza. Well, then don't have any frozen. Okay. I don't understand what's going on in the story. I mean, even he more so than frozen pizza. She did not. After he began to cut the plastic away from it, which you have to do before you put it in the oven. Well, that she protested strongly by stabbing him. Only in some states. <laughs> so she didn't want any. Wait, so it's not just that she didn't want pizza. She didn't want him to have any pizza either. No one to have pizza. Was it maybe that he was going to be forcing her to have pizza, sort of like Turner style? Yes. Sort of like, I want you to have some pizza. I'm sorry. All right. A Florida school board uh, voted late last night to keep the name of a Confederate general and early Ku Klux Klan leader at a black high school, despite opposition from a black board member who said the school's namesake is a terrorist and racist. 
They said uh, this fellow named uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest was uh, a racist, a Confederate, and a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, is, uh, all right, where is this? Florida? Florida. All right, to no one's surprise. The Japanese are a crafty people. When they're not building robots, they're working on other things. Now they're cloning mammoths from frozen mice. Yes, it's still not that close yet, but clone woolly mammoths just became more possible thanks to the Japanese. How can you clone them? All right, I'm sorry, maybe it'll be revealed. How can you clone a mammoth from a mouse? They clone dead mice that have been frozen for 16 years. When the animal tissue freezes, cell walls burst, and the DNA inside the cell nuclei can be seriously damaged. Now, because of this, Japanese scientists had assumed it would be possible to get any good DNA from thousands of frozen mammoths thought to still live in the Siberian permafrost. The Japanese team figured, however, that the high concentration of sugar in brain tissue might preserve DNA, so they ground up some frozen mice brains. <laughs> like you do. As, as the Japanese will do. <laughs> because nobody else thinks of this. How many other countries? Let, let's get busy and uh, ground up some frozen mice brains. With wasabi, Tim. Mm -hmm. And they found some useful DNA to put it into unfertilized live mouse eggs. Do you get the, the feeling that in Japan they have secretly solved all other social problems and ills? They they don't really have any actual, you know, any actual woes over there. They have gotten rid of it. Everything is running flawlessly, and now they have turned the cream of their the cream of their intelligence. Uh, just becoming a nation of mad scientists. Right. I mean, that is sort of the, the, the feeling I get sometimes. Well, in the post-VCR world, there was nothing left for them to create. Really? So they, they... moved on to other things. <laughs> That's frozen <laughs> mice brain. <laughs> it's the follow-up to the Walkman. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, ballot boxes across the state are filling up, this story says, as workers prepare to count the votes. In Multnomah County, 60% of registered voters handed in their ballots, making turnout at 59%. Some of the last-minute voters told workers they missed a cutoff to mail in their ballot. Oh, we can't talk about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can talk about it, Tim. You have carte blanche. Mm -hmm. We're just—we're just, not going to have anybody else calling up and, right. and screeching through the phone. Right. Since my mailman came at 10 o'clock this morning, <laughs> it would not be advantageous for me to put my ballot in at three and That's expect it to be delivered in a timely fashion. And please, or anyone else's. Please believe me when I say that we really don't want any more calls about this. Uh, everything else is still on the table. That's going to be the exception yeah. that proves the rule. Sort of like when they say no parking between 2 p.m. and 3 p.m., which, of course, by the reflexive property indicates that you can park there the other 23 hours of the day. So please don't call about postal guys or women or whoever picking up ballots and taking it. Don't ever, in fact, don't ever call about that ever again. I don't care if it's the 2024 election. Don't call about it. Um, but we never really did settle this issue about whether the guy in your neighborhood is an actual, according to Hoyle, mailman or whether he's just some scab they picked up at a Greyhound station. That's correct. Hey, a Stanley. Hand a letter, piece of cardboard. <laughs> U.S. mail. <laughs> yes, yes, I trust you. Backwards. I trust you. <laughs> hey, do you want to deliver mail? All right. All right. Get in, the, get in the back of the station wagon. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Vancouver police are still looking for the hatchet man over the weekend. Witnesses say the attacker is a white man, late 20s, clean-shaven, wearing a brown wool cap, and has a crazed look in his eyes. <laughs> I would imagine that's true. <laughs> he could be a drug user, mentally ill, or possibly both. If you see anybody matching this description, uh, please call Vancouver oh, yeah. Police. Yeah, if you're in Vancouver and you see anybody who might be a drug user or with crazy eyes, you'll be sure to call the cops right away. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, by the way, somebody's clarified the Steve Dan thing. So... This says, Rick, Dan was one of the first callers after you went back on the air. I believe it was during the first week. He was complaining there was not enough, quote, comedy on your show. You'll remember there was an all-comedy radio format that preceded oh, yeah. you and after yep. like uh -huh. it. Dan, 
uh, was upset that you had gotten rid of the comedy. You, Rick, then put together a short comedy routine for Dan, and he said it was okay. That's where it originated. Uh, the other Dan, who complained about Tim's accuracy, came later in that year. Get it straight. All right, so so there you go. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. I forgot about that comedy thing. Yeah, me too. Uh, a street musician known in Seattle to sports fans for playing a tuba and wearing funny hats has been robbed. 55-year-old Edward McMichael was attacked after midnight. Well, that's too bad, isn't it? He uh, was known as the tuba man. He played Happy Days or Here Again outside the window. I see him every day. Well, he's not there anymore. What happened? Is he okay? No. Is he... Did he die? Did he die? Yes. No, oh. my God! Mm-hmm. The happy black man who sits up on, no, on the Hawthorne Bridge? No, Seattle. Oh, jeez. Okay. This is Seattle, no, too. No, 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 no. I thought it was the trumpet guy. No, that's, like, that's the guy with the, the mouth ears. Yeah. No, no, no he no. wears, like, like spinny hats and stuff. Oh, my but God. But you know what? I was actually just thinking about that guy. When when you were telling me the story uh, about... Uh, so what? who is this guy in Seattle? The tuba man. He plays outside of the kingdom. Played outside of the kingdom. Played. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, so he's there. Well, you know, you always you always kind of wonder about those you know the street musician guys. You know, they've I always got about the street musician guy all the time. Well, the they, Mouse hat guy. Yeah, and they and you know they've always got like the guitar case or whatever, and they're getting money. And you always wonder if it's like the once thing where some guy just shows up and decides he's going to knock them on the head and take their uh, you know take their cash or whatever. I don't think Portland would tolerate it if anybody tried to screw with that guy who plays the trumpet, the guy who's always up in the Hawthorne Bridge, and you know everybody in Portland knows who we're talking about. I, uh, I know, probably a discussion for another day, but everybody knows who we're talking about. The guy, he, yeah, he always wears the Mickey Mouse ears. He's got the white uh, jacket with tails. Like the white sequin jacket. Totally. And then he's got like the oh, he weird... has that ball thing that he pulls out. And he's got the music stand that has all like little gnome dolls or whatever. And then he just sits there usually at that on-ramp to the Hawthorne Bridge in the afternoon. And he's just sitting there uh, trumping it away. Yeah, no, I think if anybody tried to screw with him, I think the entire city would rise up. We would overcome any partisan differences we had, and we would beat the attacker to death. I'm just saying. That would be my read on this. Uh, this is a guy in Seattle. He does remind me of two other guys. There's what's it with him? Arliss the Spoon Man, who used to play, who was actually the basis for the, the Soundgarden song of the, of the same name. And then there's that guy that used to sit down by uh, the Pike Street Market, and he would play the saw. And he'd sit there, and, he would, and you'd walk by, and he was always, for some reason, playing the Star Trek theme. I guess he must have figured out where his bread and butter was. And so you would walk by, and you're on your way to, like, um, I don't know, wherever, that, like, original Starbucks, or on that, you know, the place where they throw the fish, and you'd hear this... And you look over and there's the guy playing the saw. So every, there really ought to be a documentary about those guys. Uh, or like, you know, have you seen uh, in D.C., they're everywhere, those, uh, those, the bucket kids in D.C., that you know, the kids that have played the, the percussion, but it's on the bucket, uh, which is just fantastic. I mean, that's some of, like the, that's some of the best instrumentation you're ever going to see. It really is impressive. All right, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Here's Tim Riley. Well, since Barack Obama's cap wants to keep the celebrities to a minimum tonight in Chicago, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, Star Obama supporters such as the Jay-Z, Sean Diddy Combs, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, Mary J. Blige, and Bill Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck have been asked to stay away from Obama's election at festivities at Chicago's Grant Park. They claim the move was made because, quote, there really only needs to be one star in Grant Park, and that's uh, Barack Obama. There you go. I don't good blame him. No, good for that. It's his night. Mm-hmm. However, the source added that the celebs are more than welcome to attend his inauguration if they stay at a distance. There'll be one big star tonight. Oprah Winfrey confirms she'll be on hand. Oh, well, you don't say no to Oprah. No. You say no, no. to Oprah, you'll, you'll end up in a <laughs> ditch. I mean, that thing doesn't matter. It, you Remember that guy, Jonathan Franzen, who wrote that novel, The Corrections? Mm-hmm. You ever hear anything else out of him? Do you ever have any other books he's ever written? Do you even think? Do you even know if Jonathan Franzen was still alive? No. You know why? Because uh, he's that uh, that ungrateful dick that uh, he wrote this book, The Corrections, and Oprah said, 
this is a this is a fantastic book. Everybody should read it. And she puts that Oprah book club thing on the front of it. And you know what? Billions. You know, and I don't think any less of, of the, the act. It doesn't matter. I mean, Oprah tells look, we tell people to read. I don't care. So I don't think of uh, less of any book that has the Oprah thing, the Oprah imprimatur. But it was just such a jackass. Oprah, I don't want your... No offense, Oprah. I don't want your endorsement. I try to keep my books free of any such trapping. And she was like, all right, uh, bastard. You never heard from that guy ever again. <laughs> that guy could be under uh, underneath Giant Stadium, for all we know. Emails continue to comment, comment about the uh, Steve guy from earlier. Rick. First it was Joe the plumber, now it's Steve the douche. Let's say that Steve was telling the truth about photocopying his roommate's ballots. Did he photocopy the special envelopes, too? One would presume that if poll watchers noticed his envelope the first time, why wouldn't they notice totally different envelopes later on? Especially if he had, like, eight of them. I'm so glad that guy called back. Don't call again. Here's Tim Riley. So this is the biggest election day rally since 1984. U.S. stocks advanced to the biggest presidential election rally. Led by energy and banking shares on rebounding commodity prices and speculation, the Treasury will bail out more financial companies. Oh, this is not like an actual rally, like a let's get this together a stock rally. throw a beach ball around. This is an actual, like a, a financial and economic rally. Yes. All right. Today's advance in the S&P 500 and Dow average are the biggest for presidential election day. Since the New York Stock Exchange first opened for trading during the vote in 1984, the S&P 500 rose on for and fell on two of the previous presidential election days since then, averaging 0.3% gain. Who knows what I'm talking about? That's what I thought. Hey, uh, two things. First of all, we're going to do a couple calls and we'll break. Uh, now, Tim, are you retiring to the newsroom? I am. I'm getting ready because there's just so much work to do tonight. Uh, so don't forget tonight, uh, the Rick Emerson Show's political party happening at 7 o'clock. Do you realize it's 2 o'clock already? I do. On KCMD Portland? Yes. I mean, we've been saying this a lot uh, recently, but boy, today just is, it's just gone by the blink of an eye. It's the quickening. It really is. <laughs> Ramona? Ramona? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> you are a bad man. Uh, all right, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Uh, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the other way through like us. And, of course, reporting live tonight from Grand Central Bowl, where apparently there's going to be a huge, a huge lesbian orgy. <laughs> uh, details on that when we get back. If you're on hold, hang tight. We get your calls around the corner. Jim Roop, who is live at McCain headquarters. Uh, Sarah and I will fill out our ballots, and we'll do the top five songs about the lust for power. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> So, after serving a short term as vice president, Joe was elected the president of America. Frito became vice president, and Rita, the former prostitute, became first lady. Today I step into the shoes of a great man. A man by the name of Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Under President Notshore's leadership, a new era dawned. You know... There was a time in this country when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon. And there was a time in this country, a long time ago, when reading wasn't just for and neither was writing. People wrote books and movies. Movies that had stories, 
so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting, and I believe that time can come again. Three children, the three smartest kids in the world. Vice President Frito took eight wives and had a total of 32 kids. 32 of the dumbest kids ever to walk the earth. Why? Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's welcome now to the show senior radio correspondent and man of Arizona, James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. Good afternoon. Oh, how are you, brother? Well, it's almost over. It really, I, <laughs> the last two or three days, and a lot of times, you know, a day goes by real quickly, or sometimes, you know, we, sometimes even if it's a good show, you'd be like, ah, the show's taking about nine hours today. <laughs> but yesterday and today... It really is like the blink of an eye. I mean, it's like one of those. It's like one of those where you take a nap and you look up and it's 45 minutes later or something. Oh yeah. Um, I, I got to tell you, yesterday and today, it's like we come in at 11 o'clock, the show starts, and we look up and it's around 2:45, and the day has just ripped by. And of course, it's not you know not over for you, not over for us. We're going to be doing our uh, our political party uh, all, all night tonight. I know you guys are doing the coverage, so you are at uh, McCain headquarters right now, right? Right, I'm at the election night headquarters, yes. So what is it? Well, first of all, who's who's there right now? I mean, is it just the campaign workers? Are people already showing up for the event? I mean, what's, what is the deal there? Now, no one's showing up just yet. It's pretty much campaign workers and press right now right. Uh, and just getting ready for the night to happen. Uh, there's three different locations, at least for me anyway, two locations for uh, the people that are coming. They have uh, two to 3,000 people coming for a watch party uh, in a ballroom here, and then they'll move out to the lawn and hear the speech, whatever it may be. And then uh, where is McCain right now? Uh, he is en route somewhere between New Mexico, Colorado, and here. He made uh, a couple of quick passes through Colorado and New Mexico. Now, Obama's leading in those states, but the campaign believes he can still win those, which is why he went back there today. And I, we were actually talking about this early on today, that it, I, I wish that I had been more awake last night. I stayed up until about 2 a.m., went to bed around 2.30, but I was up until 2 a.m. on the couch just watching CNN <laughs> and just binging. And here's a little side note to myself. Binging is a word when written down never looks right. How would you spell binging? I'm guessing B-I-N-G-I-N-G. B-I-N-D-G-I-N-G. No, that's binging. No, that's wrong. That's not even a, No, see, I was writing it B-I-N-G-E-I-N-G. That's wrong. But spelling with an E just looks like binging. I don't even know what binging is. Anyway, uh, but last night was my la It was the final night to sit there and watch all of that just uh, the long-form, punditry, talking head analysis of the debate cycle or the uh, election cycle before everything sort of just became, you know, before it was over and said and done. So it was the last night of pregame, you know. And so I stayed up to about 2 a.m., and I forget which selection of states they were showing. But they did this thing where they flashed through um, they flashed through polls from about nine different states in a row last night, around 1.50, 1.55 in the morning, whatever it was. And, I, and, like, every single one of them was, like, it was like two or three points separating him at most, which is inside the margin of error, I think. Yeah, that's what, that's what the campaign, with the, the McCain campaign was talking about yesterday. Now, we have to – what they should be hoping for – and what the Obama campaign needs to be concerned about is the Bradley effect. If that takes place, um, that could be that could be bad for Barack Obama. Right. And uh, you know there is, as you and I have talked about this before, that there is something to be said for the fact that the McCain uh, candidacy is typically uh, attracting folks who wait maybe longer to vote because they are the most likely to vote, and it's never an issue for them. You know, so they're well, out there today. There's huge 
lines in Florida, from what I understand, three-hour wait in Florida right now to vote. In Florida is a state McCain cannot afford to lose. Right. Uh, uh, Florida and I think Missouri would be considered uh, prizes Deal for Barack Obama because yeah. he can afford to lose those. McCain can't. Right. McCain has to win those things. If he can win those, you know, it'll look pretty good. We're going to find out, really, um, when places like Georgia, Indiana, and Virginia – uh, close, and I think they're the first polls to close. Is that right? Or maybe they may be the last polls to close, but we'll find out really from them uh, how this thing is going to go. And then, what is the? I mean, if you can speak to this, just be, is what is the general tone there? If you had to pick a word to describe kind of the mood at, at the McCain, is it uh, hope, cautious optimism, kind of? Uh, I mean, there's a little. Well, I would call or? it anticipation, but not quite Christmas Eve anticipation. Right. It's more hopeful anticipation. Right. Um, they, they, you know, they're biting their lips. They're, they're, they're biting their nails. They're, their fingers are crossed. Let's put it that way. But they're excited. They're genuinely, uh, they genuinely believe that. John McCain can eke out a win here, and I mean eke out. It's not going to be a landslide if he wins. It might not be a landslide on either way, uh, but if if he wins, it'll be eked out. That's for darn sure. I, I think it depends a lot on I, on the I four corridor. If those folks in Florida who are still undecided that live along that I Interstate four, if they can come out in support of of you know, I keep hating the heart back to Florida, but I think that's key for John McCain uh, tonight. You know, Florida does seem like, you know what Florida seems like? Florida seems like some sort of crazy ant, uh, you know, that you don't really like to talk about, but who ends up being invited to all of your holiday celebrations anyway. Because she brings a quarter for all the kids. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you know that the odds are about one in three. She's going to get half in the bag and just go nuts somehow <laughs> and cause some sort of an embarrassment or set the house on fire. But at the same time, it's like you got to invite her. She's family. And that's the thing of Florida. It's like if Florida it wouldn't wasn't... be the same without her. Yeah, I mean, if Florida yeah. wasn't family, if they weren't actually part of the union, I think we would have long ago just uh, dropped Florida off at a bus station somewhere. <laughs> so look, uh, look over there and then sped away down the highway, leaving no forwarding address. Oh. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't think it looks real good. I mean, from what I have seen, most pundits are giving anywhere from 303 to 318 electoral college wow. votes to Barack Obama, which means, you know, it's pretty much right. done. But, you know, those are just people who are guessing. This is a guessing game. They it really, really don't have any formula for this. You know, they, they really don't know because... Uh, it depends on what people do once they close their curtain. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, well, we're going to be doing uh, our coverage tonight. You guys, of course, doing long-form coverage tonight. So uh, I have a feeling we will be speaking again, sir. Beautiful. Uh, all right, brother. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you later tonight. Thank you much. All right. You go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. It's 212. Uh, it's 503 uh, 2970. All right, so here's what's coming up between now and uh, the uh, the end of this hour. Don't forget, Like is coming up at 3. Like is, of course, live from Los Angeles. Uh, so he's going to be talking about this all day, and then they got the Measure 8 thing down there. They've been talking about, a lot about that on his show. So if you if you are curious about Measure 8, because we get a lot of uh, folks who listen to us who are uh, you know in you know, parts of California, uh, Tom's going to be talking about that uh, today. Still to come for the end of today's program, uh, we, uh, we got the top five. We we'll do the top five. I think Chris Paddock's going to come in and help us uh, count that. That's down. like in a minute, isn't it? Uh, he's he's finishing up a phone call. So okay. um, so Tim Riley is uh, he is spending the rest of the hour preparing news uh, for the masses. So uh, we're going to uh, you know. We'll do the. We'll plunge on ahead with the top five. So we got that coming up. Um, at some point between now and the end of the hour, there's a couple of things I want to get done that we can really only do today. We're going to continue to take your phone calls, but there's a couple of things we can only do today. One is 
I feel like since we're going to be at the at Grand Central Bowl tonight for our, uh, you know for the political party, we really do have to put together some kind of a drinking game for tonight. So. Uh, I mean, like what for, like the CNN people, or for, or for? Uh, well, like, that was my thing. I don't even really know how that would work. I was thinking because we're not going to be seeing a lot of McCain and Obama, you know, speaking. I guess that's true. I was thinking, I had thought this. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a better theory than a, than a, an actual thing. I was thinking every time, like an election, uh, you know, like an exit poll is wrong, or I was thinking every time somebody says, "I'd like to congratulate my opponent," someone they clearly hate, "I'd like to congratulate my opponent." Well, that's going to be toward the very till the very end. That's only going to be one time you drink. Maybe the drinking game will just be every time you feel like drinking. I think that that's probably a better idea. <laughs> that'll just be the way. That'll be the way we do it. I'm going to before the party. Are you kidding me? I'm so. I'm just going to go get all my errands done this afternoon and then. Not even waiting. No, all right. Well, did we want to go through our ballots? It seemed like a great idea, but now it just seems exhausting. It does seem exhausting. And Voting is told, hard, Sarah. I know. I just I filled out most of mine already. Yeah. During the break. Here's the only thing. I'll just say a couple of... Well, I've already said that I'm voting for Mohammed uh, for sheriff. Uh, let's see where we go. Uh, where am I looking here? Nonpartisan county. County sheriff. There's either Bob Skipper or Mohammed Rauf. I am voting for Mohammed. Wait, in fact, I'm going to let you hear... I'm voting for Mohammed as well. I'm going to let you listen to me do that right now. The next sound you hear will be the sound of my pen voting for Mohammed. Oh, it didn't pick it up. That pen is just too high quality. There you go. Uh, let's see. Also... Uh, here's the here's the other one we'll do right now, and then we got to get to some other stuff. We got phone calls coming in. Um, let's see. I am voting for Jeff Merkley, so just everybody can eat that. Well, right. I like hot dogs, so I'm voting for him. I'm voting. I'm voting the straight pro hot dog ticket, Sarah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, I got to fill out the. Right. You know, I actually have to go. Okay, read so are you going to take? Yeah, because I, I took some time to read it. Are you going to? Yeah. Want me to drop yours off? Drop then? mine off later. All right, I'm going to put mine in my secrecy envelope. Uh-huh. Do that. Before you do it, make sure to chew off the barcode and then spit it out and then set it on fire. <laughs> and I'm writing a big X. Do I have to sign the actual ballot? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, no, there isn't any place to sign. Uh, no, you don't have to sign the ballot, but you sign the envelope. Yeah, I sign the envelope. Yeah. Or or I guess you can just, uh, you know, you, you can just you can just uh, put an X or something there. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, we will get the, a, a couple of these calls here. And then the, the other thing, and you and I were talking about this during the break. So we're going to do the top five uh, coming up. We'll do another exit poll here in a few. But we had talked about this earlier on the program, and this is really the only day we can do this. Because after tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow we're going to have, I think, you know, everybody knows. Tomorrow we're going to have a day of recap, and everybody's going to talk about, well, what does a blank victory mean for America? Uh, so we'll talk about that, and then, of course, as of Thursday, I think we're going to be ready to move on and never hear uh, the words election or Palin or Obama again. So we were talking, though, earlier on in the program about how this campaign just seems to have gone on forever. And Lisa was saying that she thought it was, like, in January or something like that, but I think it was even before that. I remember people being all, like, hyped about Obama, like, over a year ago. Well, I mean, and ever since 2004, when he, you know, he gave a keynote speech at the Democratic Convention. And even then, like, you know, Chris Neathan, a uh, friend of ours who, who uh, you know, writes some political stuff at onthevig.com, he was like, I remember 2004, Sneathan actually sent me a text message. He's like, watch this guy. He's like, this guy is the next president. So, and it remains to be seen. But we were talking about just since, I mean, just in the last, whatever, eight months this is the list of weird or strange or crazy or historic or infuriating or maddening or just, just plain weird things that have happened. Um, so I think you would use the phrase uh, 2008 election memory book or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's like that time. You remember that th- when we were trying to put together? I remember why. There was some show we were trying to create a master list of all the guests we had had, of celebrities we had interviewed. 
And they were, we could only come up with like three, but then the audience had a list of about 5,000 people we had had on the show. So probably something like that. Uh, just a list of everything bizarre that has happened over the last, you know, whatever, 12 months. So it can be sealed in a sarcophagus with us so that future generations might Are you learn. Take from down notes? Maybe. I could type them. I'll open up a document we can, and we I can guess. have it all written out. So we'll do these calls. I think Paddock is uh, waiting in the wings. We'll do the top five. And then we'll, so, so everybody be thinking about it. I mean, call about it now, I guess, if you want to. We're not going to get your calls probably for, for a little bit on that. Um, but just be thinking about that. I would like to make a master list just so someday you can look back at this year and just kind of remind yourself of just, because I think even now living it, you're sort of, you know, in the midst of the maelstrom. And I think what is, not so readily apparent now will be readily apparent maybe you know we need to look back with the uh, with the wisdom of hindsight so I don't know, be thinking on that let's get a couple of these calls then chris paddock will join us for today's top five hi you're on the rick emerson show hello there hey rick's jeff from red hot pistol yo what's up sir hey uh don't don't do a drinking game you'll you'll upset the venue how do, the, how, uh, how do you mean the OLCC nazis don't allow drinking games of any sort in is the bar. that is that true is there a no drinking game rule you can't do anything that promotes getting drunk in a bar. You can't have like a competition where you win a shot. You can't do, you can't, yeah. There uh, can be no sort of uh, competitive anything involving um, involving alcohol. There can be no fun of any kind. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, of course, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be there that we'd be doing it. We'd be discussing it here, uh, yeah. you know, exercising my constitutional rights. Right. All right. Excellent. All right. Anything else sure. today? Um, no, you guys are awesome. Best show ever. I'm excited right. about tonight. I'll see you there. Thanks so much. All right. 503-733-297. Oh, by the way, I teased this and I never really followed up on it. So thanks to the several people who sent me this Craigslist posting. Apparently, if you go to the uh, Portland Craigslist page, I'm reading now for the Multnomah County section of Portland Craigslist. I'm just going to read this as it's written. Hot, sweaty, lesbian election party tonight at Grand Central Bowl. Uh, the text of this reads thusly. Free election party tonight at Grand Central Bowling, uh, Southeast 8th and Morrison. Hot, sweaty lesbians will be there tonight to service your every need. Uh, and then it says, uh, beer and election goodness, all for your dear voter. For more info, please call Richie at 503-733-2970. And then there's three photos of lesbians making out. And then I swear to you, a photo of George W. Bush kissing a small girl. So I don't know why that's there, but so thanks for passing that along. So right. are we going to do the top five now? Let us do the top five. Christopher Paddock, uh, if you can join us in the studio, that'd be uh, that'd be fantabulous, five, is what that would be. Four, right. three, two, one, fire. Now he's coming in. He was talking to Richie about the hot lesbian party that was happening. I bet Paddock knew the hot lesbian party. Counting is marvelous. Oh, do you want to sit there? Oh, is there a hot lesbian party going on? Dude, you're, you're so out of the loop. Oh, I totally am. I'm, I'm bummed. According to Craigslist, Grand Central Bowl tonight will be the home of a hot, of a hot lesbian election party. Oh, I, well, then this is good times because yeah. I'm bringing my wife tonight, too, so who knows? Wait, was that too much information? Sorry, my inner monologue. <clears throat> All right. Hi, Chris Thanks. Paddock. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. Right. How hey. are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming in the joint. Tim is uh, preparing news as only he can. Of and course. Your musical observations, input, and insight are always appreciated on these things. And we're doing the top five. So, and as we prepare to award the absolute, undeniable heavyweight crown for all the world, we take a moment to celebrate drive, motivation, and the absolute push for greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the top five songs about naked ambition. These are the top five songs about the unbridled, unholy, completely unreserved, unchained lust for power. 
Honorable mention going to Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Yes. Now, this is honorable mention because... It's an amazing song. Well, I was going to say it's only the honorable mention because of the Counting Crows. I mean... Yeah. There's Adam, nothing wrong with the Counting Adam Crows. Adam Duritz is kind of douchey. I was just going to say, don't get me wrong. I love the Counting Crows, and I and I really do. I don't mean that in Eddie Haskell kind of way. I love the Counting Crows. I love this album. I love this song. And that being said, it doesn't really sound like a... Like an unbridled lust for power. No, literally, it's, it's more, well, it's like the lust of power for like a coffee house guy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a slacker. That's <laughs> what a slacker would sing. It's, it's sort of a Cambridge lust for power. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to imagine Adam Dirt really lusting for power as he's sort of flailing around like a stone Juliet Lewis on a lawn. But then you take, so. a, okay, but you take away this whole thing. You think about Adam Dirt, you find out about all the women that he has slept with. Yeah. Slept with like half the Friends cast. That's what I'm saying. The ladies. I think Courtney Cox. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's quite, I, a, quite a player. I will say this. Uh, this uh, this album, August and Everything After, is a, and I would say a nearly flawless record. I don't know if it's actually flawless. No, it's a classic. I, I, mean, yeah, I think it's classic. No, I would say that front to back, this Counting Crows record is, is really among the finest albums that's that's been released. I mean, it really, there's not a weak moment on yes. this. And August and Everything After also has one of the saddest songs ever written, which is Raining in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Raining in Baltimore is a song that's as you've already cleaned the gun. (laughs) And you are, in fact, just licking the envelope to seal it so your landlord, you know, can have your apology about the mess. Yes. Exactly. Omaha is a good song off that record, too. Omaha, Rain King. Oh. That's a good song. Good album. Uh, Murder of One. That's a great song. Anyway, this is, but this is a really, really wonderful song. I remember the first time I heard this. And. I'm not being quite sure what it was about, but just liking the sound of the lyrics, the way that they were put together. Mm-hmm. The, um, and I do believe, don't they, didn't the Counting Crows, because there's a line in the song where he says, he says, we all want to be big, big stars, but we got different reasons for that. Mm. Isn't there then a Counting Crows song that came out later where he actually says, baby, I'm a big star now? Ooh. Uh, I think there's a Counting Crows song that subsequently came really? out. So where he like says, sequel? I don't think it's a sequel, but I do believe in a in a in a Counting Crows song that came later. He actually says, "Baby, I'm a big star now," mm. which is great because it's sort of a little you know a little, little callback to this. The journey, yeah, if you will. Uh-huh. And you know what? For such a touchy feely band, too, they are very crunchy. Yeah. Um, well, this record was very crunchy though. That was like for you know. for. Uh, an album that was sort of emo before its time. You got to yeah. give it up to a song that really does just flat out say, you know, that he wants to be a huge international rock star. And you know that uh, that all those emo bands look up to uh, Counting Crows. I think like the guy uh, Chris Carabas from uh, Dashboard Confessional uh, sees uh, Adam Duritz as like so, sort of like his mentor. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? Did he t- did he say that while whispering? <laughs> did he say that while breathily exhaling through his nose and going, I think he was actually getting his uh, 80th tattoo. Uh, I love the line in the song, by the way, when he says, uh, he says, when I look at the TV, I want to see me looking right back at me. Yep. And he's like, does he wear a jellyfish uh, t-shirt, I believe, in the uh, video for this too, which I I had great admiration for. Love me anybody that references jellyfish. That was good. This is a, this album, one final thing, instant classic, and then... The uh, Recovering the Satellites album, not nearly as good, but it did have an instant classic track, which is that uh, Long December. Oh, that song's amazing. Long December's a great song. Wow. Counting Crows. All right. These are the stuff. top five uh, songs about the uh, lust for power or greatness. Number five, Travis Tritt, I'm Gonna Be Somebody. This is a great song. Is this one the video where he acts like he's the grandpa? 
I don't know. I don't think uh, I've ever seen the video. Uh, okay. I used to have to play this when it was uh, recurrent, though. <laughs> the reason it's a great song. The reason it's only at number five, though, is because it's more. It is rather blatantly stolen from "Shooting Star" by Bad Company. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know what the song is? Mm. From Team America, only a woman. Okay. Or is it Freedom is Free? Freedom is the Bucko Five song. Bucko Five. Support your family. Tim and I both had to play this. Tim and I were uh, reminiscing earlier today. Tim was so great. Said, I love this song. It has a great out that you. What do you say? It has a great cold ending you can slam into a jingle with or whatever. <laughs> well, isn't uh, Travis Tripp the guy that uh, got in a fight with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus and because people were throwing quarters at him? Is that true? I don't know. I, I remember hearing a story like there was a feud in the country world between Travis Tritt and Billy Ray Cyrus. That's stupid. Well, I, you know, I think the country world was looking for their own Tupac and Biggie. I was just going to say, yeah. is that like a death row bad boy thing but with mullets? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. And bad facial hair. This really is a great song. Um, it is about... It's about a kid growing up who, uh, when he says that the, I'm gonna, what do you say, I'm gonna be somebody someday. One of these days, I'm gonna break these chains. You know, yep. bet, bet that you bet your hard-earned dollar I will. So, this is the, this is his, this is the rise right here. Yeah. He's amazed by that. And by the way, this song does, and I love Travis Tritt, I really do. They do the, the great country music songwriting trick here. Country music is all about the chorus in threes. Yeah. And it is where the chorus, the lyrics to the hook stay the same, but the meaning changes each time due to context. Oh. That is a classic. That is a thing you will find throughout is country like music. country music 101? Absolutely. Where I did not know that. It is the same chorus, but each time it has a slightly different meaning because of the lyrics leading up to it or the setting in which it's put. Interesting. Um, they do that really well here where, you know, the meaning of the chorus changes and at the end, this, you know, the narrator of the song. Here we go. So this is now He Is A Star playing his hometown. Break it down. Now he is a star, and he's singing the song. I'm going to be. Another kid in the front row. And the pupil becomes the teacher. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Like the karate kid of country songs. Right. You know, hey, not me who. Not now when. Well, All right, these are the top five songs about naked ambition. Oh, yeah, number four, Irene Cara, Fame. Hot Lunch. What? That was one of the, the production numbers from uh, Fame, Hot Lunch. Baby, look at me. Oh, wow. Where, where's this from? Uh, this is like a YouTube video. Oh. This is the kids actually noise. pouring out of the school onto the street. They're dancing in the streets now, sort right. of Blues Brothers style. <laughs> it's the only version I could find. Irene Karen, the most uncomfortable scene ever. Here's a car slamming to a halt. Good job, Rick. <laughs> most uncomfortable scene in a movie uh, where she uh, gets into that pornography ring. Where she's like, she thinks she's going on an audition, but right. it's actually for a pornographic film. We've got I dialogue and everything. Seriously, it's actually taken from the motion picture. 
Look, I was under the gun this morning. Let me find these things for you. Yeah, I want to hear the studio version. You know, Fame was written by the brother of I'm Leslie Gore. Do you know that? I'm not even going to play you know it the anymore. brother of Leslie Gore? No, uh, I'm busy Sunshine sulking Lollipop. over here about sorry. the chastising I just received. That's fine. Uh, so are we skipping Fame? Can I tell you this? I've never seen the movie Fame. <laughs> I have either. I've never seen the movie Fame. Okay, there is a scene in, in Fame that is later parodied in one of the best sitcoms of all time, frankly, in my opinion, Get a Life, mm-hmm. starring Chris Elliott, uh, where she... Shiny. Sorry, I had a moment. I had a shiny moment. Okay, all right. You want to soak it in? You want to breathe that in, ladies and ladies and gentlemen? uh, Chris, Chris Paddock. I don't even know if you deserve to hear my story. Look, there's no need to be Mr. Snarky Pants. Okay, so it. Irene Cara, it goes on this audition. She's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be in a movie. And mm-hmm. little does she know, she's actually being photographed. The guy's telling her to take off her top. Really? And, yeah. And it gets really weird, and she starts crying on camera. It's like that episode of WKRP, uh, where, where Jennifer goes, uh, yeah, they're modeling oh. swimsuits, and then the guy's filming her yeah. through the two-way mirror. Her Playboy. Yeah. Or like that episode of Three's Company. Do you ever get like a scene from a, a show stuck in your head, almost like when you get a, a melody stuck in your head? Yep. You know, this morning while I was putting on my pants, you know what I had. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no matter what follows, it's going to be, be awesome. gold. This morning, for some reason, I was putting on my pants, uh, and I kept thinking about that scene. There was a Three's Company episode where Janet is trying to be a ballet dancer, and her teacher <laughs> her teacher wants her to do more than dance with him. And Jack Tripper goes and like uh, says, like, hey, don't don't be screwing with Janet. You know, right, that's yeah. she's my friend or whatever. Yeah, that was and, like and the the dance teacher, whose name is Michael. Yeah. Uh, reject. You know, he's angry that she has rejected his sexual advances. <laughs> he, that he's, you know, he's that she's uh, she's emasculated yeah. him by turning mm-hmm. him down. And he says to her, Janet, I don't think you have what it takes to make it as a dancer. And then Janet says, Well, Michael, I don't think you have what it takes to make it as a human being. And, and then the crowd, cheers. And then he leaves. Go, girl. No, no, no. And see, Jack has warned her. Jack has warned Janet the whole time about the dance yeah. teacher, who is, you know, putting on the moves. And at the end, you know, the dance teacher, for some reason, he leaves his own studio and leaves Janet and Jack behind. Like, he leaves. He doesn't say, like, F off before I call the cops. So they're still there. And afterwards, Janet says, do you ever wonder why you know these things word for word? And by you, I mean me. After the dance teacher leaves, Janet looks at Jack Tripper and she goes, Jack, I know what you're going to say, so don't even say it. And then Jack Tripper says, Janet, I was just going to say can I have this dance? Oh. And then they dance, and then the closing oh, credits. Oh, God. Bam! That's a very special episode right. of uh, Three's Company. Top five they... songs about <laughs> naked ambition. All right, number three, Eminem, Rabbit Run. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Hopefully this is the edit. It is. Richie, you edited. This is, you checked that this is the edit. Did you not? Yes. All right. Okay. This is a little-known song from 8 Mile, actually. Yeah. Not nearly as well-known. I can't convey how much I love 8 Mile. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. People make fun of me. It's an amazing movie. It's an iconic movie. Uh, and I know it only came out a few years ago. It's so a, it's, it, it really is an iconic film. And this song's only about two minutes long. And it just ramps and ramps oh, and yeah. builds and builds. And it's great. There's no chorus. That's the other thing about it. There's no hook. Straight up uh, lyric. Yeah, they, there's no chorus. It is just verse. It is verse. And they do this really clever trick 
you don't notice it because it's done very subtly and like Pro Tools, the tempo increases the longer the, the song goes on. It starts at one tempo and it ends at another. I mean, I know that Eminem is, the worm has sort of turned on him a little bit in terms of, I think, his public persona and his perception, but boy. Well, there's no, no one else like him, and, you know, he will be back. Yeah, I mean. I, I guarantee that. I gotta tell you, when Eminem is, is great, he is among the best that's ever been. There's no doubt about he it. He just put out a, a song uh, for the Relapse, and uh, it's okay, but it's, I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those leaks that right. probably does not indicate what the rest of it's going to be like. Right. All right. So we've got about 35 seconds here, so we'll let this go. Put some oil in your joint. Flip the coin. Come get destroyed. An MC's worst dream. I make them think they hate me. See me and say... And it's that orchestral backing there. I'm glad you're an eight mile fan. I'ma make them eat this watch. Don't believe me, watch. I'ma win this race and I'ma come back and rub my dick in your face. That's an insult. You think John McCain's gonna listen to that? Yeah. How great is that? I mean, it's just unbelievable. The first time I heard that, I was just, my jaw was on the floor. Uh, Top five songs about naked ambition. Number two, Wasp. I want to be somebody. All right. This is uh, somewhere you can hear James Robinson uh, saying, yeah. I love Wasp. I don't care who knows it. Blackie Lawless. He's the lead singer of Wasp. Was he not? Yes, he was. And is. Is still. Uh. Who was a band that was looked at by the PMRC for uh, their uh, their controversial cover? Yes. Uh, had a buzzsaw coming out of a guy's crotch. Yeah. Also, they had that song about bestiality. I'd like to get... Yes, that's right. I'd like to get a poster of that Washington wife holding up the big Wasp album cover. <laughs> I've got all the PMRC, oh. seeing, uh, PMRC hearings on DVD. Oh, awesome. This... Uh... Great song. All right, ladies and gentlemen, counting down the top five songs about naked ambition. Number one. Queen, I Want It All. Yeah. I want it all. Great song. I want it all. I want it all. I gotta say, it doesn't, doesn't get a whole lot better than this. Wow. That is... It. Can you accept Paul Rogers being involved in no. Queen now? Okay, no, I don't. Me either. Well, thank you, Chris Paddock. Thanks, Chris Paddock. Thank you. You're Chris welcome. Chris Paddock, Gordon Bridge, Rock 101, KUFO. Best show ever, folks. Back after this to wrap it up on Election Day, Aught 8. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Can't see your way out. It ain't much
Islam. He's an Arab. He is not. No man. No. No man. No man. No man. You know the weird thing is every time I hear that woman and because you watch that you see the back of her head. And she looks insane. Oh no, she's got the weird. She's got the full-on Einstein like crazy hair. Looks, talks, sounds just like my mother-in-law. Oh. I can say that because she's not listening. Because you know the internet is a tool of the devil or whatever. She's not listening. She's busy forwarding, uh, you know, anti-Obama chain emails even as we speak probably. So there you go. I get to see her in December, though, for Christmas. Aren't you lucky? Well, depending on how today turns out, it might be an enjoyable visit. You know, here's the thing. I, look, I can say this. You know, I love my wife. I try to avoid speaking with my mother-in-law. Really, I mean, I will feign like a head trauma to avoid having to talk to my wife's mother. But Does I she might really actually... Is that terrible? No, what? She's just... It's, she's a... From a different time? Yes. That's a nice way to say it. She is from a different, yes, that is exactly the way to put it. She is from a different uh, era. She is from a different era and time and mindset uh, of American history. Um, That being said, I might actually go out of my way to call her uh, later this week. Oh, I don't know, maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe late tonight. Uh, my sister did the same thing with my parents where she was trying to get out who they were voting for. Right. And right. my mom, like, well, your mom she, just kept, she just kept changing the subject. Your mom has just dug in, though. She like she doesn't want to say out loud she's voting for McCain or, no. wait, 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 wait. Is it possible that your mom voted for Obama and that's why she doesn't want to talk about it? I don't know. Would she tell me? No. Oh, okay. No, she thinks you're crazy. Well, okay. I'm just saying. (laughs) She um, calls you that Rick. (laughs) That Rick, really? All right. Am I like that Todd from Parenthood? Yeah, totally. It's 503-733-2970. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program, Election Day Edition. Don't forget, like us at 3, and then uh, the Rick Emerson Show's political party happening tonight at 7 p.m. So like us live from Los Angeles, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. at 7 p.m. tonight. We will be at Grand Central Bowl broadcasting live election results, analysis, news, updates, whatever, interviews, guests, uh, fun, flim, flammery, and all of that uh, with news director Tim Riley. Sarah and I will be there. Richie's going to be there. Uh, Storm uh, on site. Uh, the Willamette Week. The Oregon Bus Project are going to be there. And, of course, brought to you by our sponsors, uh, Taboo Adult Video, Pals Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. All right, so should we try to do uh, – here's what we could do. Now, we've been doing the exit poll at least once a day for the last couple of weeks. We could do an exit poll, or we could just do a flat-out prediction. In other words, not who you voted for, not who you want to win. We could do a flat-out prediction – what are you waiting? You're waving a hand no. to indicate no, that you no, love it's that too idea. Close. I don't. I don't believe that we should. Are that... you fluttering your hands with enthusiasm? No, no because you think it's the, no. the best idea ever. I think it's a terrible idea. You don't want to jinx it. Is that your thing? You think if we do it, it's going to jinx it? Yes. Now, can I ask you? Now, if I ask you right now what your gut says about the outcome, will you tell me? Remember, I've never told you. Mm. All right. Would you write it down and show it to me if you didn't have to say it out loud? No. Really? You won't, you won't externalize That's your guess so in any way. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know what people are calling about, but let's, well, let's just do some random phone calls. Are we going to have Obama, but uh, wait, hold, Rick. Wait, hello. hold that. Oh, hello. Oh All right. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Every, oh, everyone quit talking. What, what is your name? Cece. Hello. How are you today? Um, very fine. All right. How can I help you? However, well, Obama, but however, my dear, what and whom do you get? The um, VIP seats at Grand Central. I'm sorry? The VIP seats at Grand Central. Oh, you're speaking about the Powell's contest. Yes. Uh, Powell's Books has notified the winner. I know they were doing like a little preferred seating thing. So if you uh, heard from oh. them, you're the winner. If not, then uh, okay. sadly you are out in the cold. <laughs> Thank you. All Bye. right. Thank you. No idea what's going on there. Hi, you're on the Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, you guys. It's Mailman Brian. Somewhere there's a poodle that needs to be dyed pink. Yes? 
Hello. Hey. I just, uh, I, I'm sorry I'll miss you guys tonight because I have my other engagement. <clears throat> but uh, I just want to let you know that I, I vote for Pat Paulson. Uh, he hasn't uh, disappointed me yet. So. Good reference. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. All have right. a great time tonight, you guys. Thank Bye. you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? Hello. <laughs> yes, please stay in the back of the room. Don't get near the phone at all. Hey, uh, <laughs> what kind of money does Richie make down there as a phone screener? Well, he actually pays us. He pays you? In laughter. He doesn't do his job because all the times I've called, he's never <laughs> once screened the phone call. Never. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Is this really the reason? Let me understand. Are you actually calling about calling? No. Because that's kind of cool in a way. That's like an Escher guy painting. Guy totally worthless at his job. Um, there's no need, sir. There's no need to be judgmental, sir, and that's our job. Well, he's supposed to be a call screener. You should, you should apologize. Oh, I would say that's worthless. I should say you should apologize now if you would like this call to continue. Okay, I apologize, but the facts are he no, doesn't. No, 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 no. It can't be a qualified apology. We're we're not five year olds. You should just say that you're sorry, Richie's a good person, sir. Well, I I don't know. And he's a tormented crossdresser. That's great, but I'm just saying he doesn't do his job. All right. Well, you know. We only have four minutes. I don't want to waste four minutes. Your on that. job was to be entertaining. Fail. All right. Do you want to do that exit poll? Yes, exit poll. All right. So I'll take these two calls, uh, but we'll do the final exit poll uh, for the elections. 503 The final presidential exit poll. If you have voted for president, no matter where you live, if you have voted for president today, we're going to get your calls. We pass no judgment. We offer no commentary. We're just going to take your calls. Final exit poll on the Rick Emerson Show. 503 In the meantime, hello there. Hi. Hey, Rick, uh, I did vote for Obama, and also, uh, to sum up my feelings about uh, tonight, yes. I think the theme song should be uh, Christmas at Ground Zero, because I'm extremely anticipating this, but I'm also nervous as sin. So it is sort of a giddiness tinged with fear. You got it. All right, excellent. Thank, 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 thank you. Thank you. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. It's me. Yes, it is. When are we starting the exit poll? As soon as, well, they go away for the delay, delay oh. to catch up. Can we start yes. now? Well, go ahead, yes. Um... McCain. All right. Is that or, the... or McLean. I like John McLean, too. <laughs> Voting for John McLean. Why didn't I think of that? I could have done so much comedy with that. Damn me. I hope John McCain runs for something else so that I could... Mr. McCain. Oh, damn it. Get me my detonators. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Exit poll. Final one. How? Uh, who got your vote? Bob Barr. Uh, all right, there's always tan in every crowd. All right, 503-733-29. I'm going to be angry about that John McClain thing forever. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson, show exit poll. Who got your vote? It's you. Okay. All right, thank you, sir. 503-733-29. You keep tearing your hair out. You're not going to have anything to put underneath a hat. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson, show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Tim Riley. Well, fair enough. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson, show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Steve. Okay. It's 503 People just aren't. <laughs> people have uh, gone around the bend, as my grandmother used to say. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final exit poll ever uh, for the presidential election 2008. For whom did you vote? Obama. All right, thank you. It's 503 Final ever Rick Emerson Show uh, presidential election 2008 exit poll. For whom did you vote? Zippy. Yes. Zippy. What? Zippy. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Exit poll. For whom did you vote? Uh, Sarah's other vibrator. <laughs> you know, I like the way this exit poll is going, yes, Sarah. It's, it's I don't know magical. what you're talking about. I'm bullish on this. <laughs> Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Exit poll. For whom did you vote? John McCain. All right, thank you. It's 
503-733-2970. Hi, Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Obama, me and my husband both. All right, thank you. 503-733-2970. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. For whom did you vote? Yippee-ki-yay, Barack Obama. All right, then. Well done. 503-733-2970. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. For whom did you vote? Harvey Dent. Okay. Yay, Good that's the you. first one of them. Well, then, I expected more I was of thinking about if I wanted to wear my I Believe in Harvey Dent shirt tonight. Yeah, well, all right, there you go. Thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, for whom did you vote? Mr. McCain. All right, there you go. Thank you, Mr. McCain. It's 503-733-2970. Final exit poll before the presidential election is concluded this year. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson Show. For whom did you vote? Obama. Obama. Got it. Thank you. It's 503-733-2970. Hi, Rick Emerson. Uh, show exit poll. For whom did you vote? McCain. McCain. Got it. Thank you. It's 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick... Are you starting to sweat over there? Oh, I'm fine. Rick Emerson show exit poll. For whom did you vote? It's you. Never mind. Not you anymore. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. For whom did you vote? Uh, Chuck Baldwin. All right, thank you. Sarah, how many more can I do here? I like three more. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. For whom did you vote? All right. Rick Emerson show exit poll. For whom did you vote? McCain. Okay. And final, uh, Rick Emerson show, for whom did you vote? <laughs> the electorate in action, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go out on that one. Uh, all right, see us tonight, 7 o'clock, Grand Central Bowl, Rick Emerson Show's political party. Uh, Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman for AM970 to talk or the newsroom team around the phone for Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds. Thanks to Dick Uliano, Jim Roop, uh, Lisa Desjardins, and... Janet McCarthy, as well as Chris Paddock. All right, uh, see you all tonight at 7. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Bye now. I'm a hockey mom from Alaska. She is a typical white person.